This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. All right, 6.03, and look what the cat drug in. That's right, Mark and Lee back in the studios. After a few days away, we're here at WNSP right there on uh, Dolphin and Don't Go Out There Street. We encourage you to make be a part of our conversation throughout the next three hours right here on the Sports Station. 694-1055 is the number. You can get us in the app at WNSP.com. Have a lot to get to, as always. Mr. Shervanian, where might you be starting us this morning? Good question. There's a lot of uh, stories from yesterday. How about if we start baseball? Uh, we know the Texas Rangers are going to the World Series for the first time since 2011. They hammered Houston 11-4. to We'll get into the particulars during the, uh, the scoreboard. But this guy, Adolis Garcia, had a couple of home runs and five RBIs. And after the game, it was reported that Dusty Baker may step down after, uh, I guess, four years uh, managing Houston. He's 74 years young, and he may call it a, at least a career with Houston. Who knows if he'll get back into it. So we get another game seven tonight, Mark. Arizona-Philadelphia. And the Arizona team staved off elimination. You know, the interesting thing, getting away from all the, you know, what happened during the game, you got two two teams in the World Series that are going to be wild card teams. You had the teams with the best record that got eliminated in, in, in previous uh, contests. You've got Texas, which on the last day of the regular season uh, failed to finish first, lost first place, so they had to come through the wild card. Arizona didn't even qualify for the postseason until the last day of the regular season. It's really been a really strange, really strange baseball year. You know, two teams wild card. That's not so much the strangeness of the fact that, you know, Arizona during the regular season won only 84 games. So when the World Series begins Friday, it will be in Texas. It will be against either Philadelphia or Arizona. We got more coming up on this. Luis Gonzalez is with Arizona in Philadelphia. He's going to join us at 8 o'clock this morning. I hope he is anyway. Uh, the NFL game yesterday, well, the uh, Vikings won. Uh, they beat uh, the 49ers. And Brock Purdy, who was almost invincible until two weeks ago, threw two interceptions in the fourth quarter. Kirk Cousins, the much maligned Kirk Cousins, uh, threw a couple of touchdown passes to Jordan Addison. I did tune in the uh, Manning cast yesterday. Did you catch any of that? I, I caught most, uh, I, most, not most, a lot of it, a lot of it. The uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers bit? Uh, I caught most of that. Uh, I, I missed the beginning of it, but I, I pretty much watched it from there on. Not a whole lot there. Yeah. Um, but I it was, was funny when Eli asked him, he said, uh, you know, we don't break stories. We're not a uh, hit, you know, hits with stories. But can you tell us when you're coming back so yeah. we can be the ones to break the story? But he kind of once again danced around it because I don't, Mark, I'm, I don't pretend to be a doctor. Don't know anything about it. I can't imagine anybody coming up for Achilles this soon. I mean, I've seen other athletes where it takes about a year or so. I don't even get this conversation how he could come back in the, yeah. in the sport of football. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I mean, I don't know if they're just going to sit him back there in the shotgun and make sure he doesn't move. And I, it, it would be unheard of. I'm kind of rooting for it from a storyline perspective. I, the league certainly would be better with Aaron Rodgers in it. 
but uh, yeah, I don't know. It should be fun. By the way, uh, Brock Purdy, uh, I watched the end of that game. Man, they had as bad as they were. They had two 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 turnovers. Obviously, that's not going to win a game. But man, he he threw a really bad pick there at the end. They had a chance. They were moving. Uh, and he just tried to lob one over the def- defender there, and it got picked. But it was a competitive game, uh, which is more anxious for those Thursday night games. So, You know, there was a, a lot of other stories we want to talk about. Uh, the latest on Michigan, the sign stealing. <laughs> uh, Ewers out at Texas. Does that open up a position for Arch Manning? Doesn't look like it right now. Malik Murphy is going to take over. But the story that caught my attention was the one that Ben Thomas, AL.com, We've talked so much about players coming and going and, you know, even at the outset of the season. But this one just I, – I, I just couldn't believe it when I saw it, if in fact it happens. And it's not from this area. But a four-star Spain Park defensive lineman, his name is Jared Smith, according to reports, is transferring to Thompson High School with two weeks to go in the regular season. I mean, how does this stuff happen? Like, even in professional sports, trades are made, but it's long before the end of the season. I mean, players coming and going. Sure, there's a trade deadline, all that good stuff. But so, if it's true, and I I know uh, the Thompson coach, Mark Freeman, was quoted as saying yesterday, I don't know anything about it. The kid's not enrolled. But that was yesterday morning. Who knows what could happen today? Like Thompson's got one, I think, one regular season game to go, and Spain Park has two. <laughs> could somebody please explain to me the benefit of transferring with two weeks to go in the regular season? Now I've heard the kid can play a little basketball too. Now I don't, I don't, I can't imagine that's part of the the reason. But yes, this we continue to talk about it. every time we think it can't get any more ridiculous. It does. Um, you know, we had an issue here earlier in the year where we questioned the timing of a transfer. It was right before the season. Uh, and then we've had examples of kids transferring midseason. But to do it with one or two games right before the playoffs, it's just absolutely absurd. He has been given offers at a number of schools, Alabama, Auburn. So there's that. Uh, Spain Park has been a, a good football program. Uh, maybe not yet quite up to the level of Thompson, but still, you know, the guy is going to get a great offer wherever he goes. He's a four-star defensive lineman. That's basically all I know. And then the particulars are, if in fact, is he going to transfer? The coach at Spain Park said, look, he was quoted by Ben as saying, I believe Mark Freeman when he tells me he doesn't know anything about it. He's an ups- he pretty portrayed him as an upstanding guy. So he didn't think there was any tampering going on, but we know how this works. Somehow, parents, friends, I don't I don't know where this comes from, but you know, even before the season, we talked a lot about this when it happened here, but to go with two se- two re- two games to go. So, and even if he transfers to Thompson, how does he fit into a program that's what one or two in the state anyway? Yeah, so l- let me tell you guys something you all already know. All coaches know. All coaches know. They know if there's a high-profile athlete looking at their school. They may not have direct contact. Their coaches may not have direct contact, but they know. 
because someone close to them knows and someone's constantly in their ear. So, yes, they know. They absolutely know. And I guarantee you Thompson's opponents absolutely know. It's probably the worst kept secret up there in the state. So, and it has been probably for a couple of weeks. They all know in every sport, it's a very tight knit community. They all know. What else do you need to know? Exactly. That what Mark just said. All right, what do these three people have in common? Okay. Kevin Sumlin, okay. Chris Olave, Justin Ross. Ooh, I know, I know, I know. Right, you're up. You're first guy. Ooh, ahead. ooh, what? ooh, Mr. Cotta, Mr. Push Cotta, the, Mr. Push Cotta. The bu- push the button. Uh, give me the all-like adult beverages for 500, Alex. All three arrested in yeah. the last couple of days. Chris Olave last night. Or, well, it was over the weekend, but it broke last night. Oh, my Sumlin, fantasy team league. My fantasy league just keeps getting better. Semlin's with uh, Maryland now, former head coach. Yeah. Uh, he got a DUI. And then the other guy, Ross, who's from the state, I think he was Central Phoenix City, one somewhere like that. Yeah, he went to so. Clemson. Clemson. He's with Kansas City. Uh, he's arrested facing felony charges. So kind of a busy, busy night, busy well, day. You know, in the Chris Olave thing, and we probably, this is kind of, Blown up over the last couple of weeks, right? We talked about or a couple of weeks, couple of days. You remember how we talked about him giving up on the route and the ball being overthrown and big story in New Orleans because everybody it was and us included assumed that Alave was the one to blame and he said he'd take the hit. When in fact it's come out now that he wasn't even supposed to get the ball. He wasn't even an option on that play. Um that that car didn't go through his progressions. There were three routes in that in that uh, route tree, and Alave wasn't one of them. And so for it goes back to what we're saying: Derek Carr getting mad at Alave. It wasn't Alave; it was Derek Carr. And you know, I think Ken came on Trahan and said that Alave stopped. No, it was it was all on Carr. So it's a bit like I think Michael Thomas came out and defended Carr. Uh, Alave, like it's been this big thing in New Orleans, um, but yeah, the wor- he went, he was doing seventy and a thirty-five last night or yesterday in Kenner or on, uh, yeah, yeah, last night. So um, don't think it's one of those deals where the league's going to suspend him. But man, they got some issues over there for sure. Finally, the uh, Michigan staff are targeted Woo-hoo. in the sign stealing scandal uh, with the great name of Connor Stall- Stallone. Stallions. Uh, stallions? Yeah, Stallone would be way too good, but it's, uh, oh, it's, stallions. it's Stallions with one L, which is a little bizarre. So he now, according to reports, purchased tickets at 11 different Big Ten schools in the past three years. <laughs> now, here's my here's my uh, question. So does he charge Michigan for that? Do they pay for it? Yeah, he better be getting reimbursed. A lot of tickets. So a lot of tickets. And he bought them in his own name. That's what I'm wondering. So at 11 different schools. I thought tickets were hard to get in college, man. So did I. Was he paying face value, or was he going well, through no, third-party Okay, vendors? maybe they're tough at, like, Ohio State, Penn State. But Northwestern, eh, maybe even Michigan State, I don't think, you know, I, I, that's probably an area where you could get them. But, you know, he probably, being representative of Michigan, he probably had contacts, don't yeah. you think? Uh I guess. But the, it's all been confirmed through credit card and and and. And ticket tracking data, like they have his computer now, and there's supposed to be video evidence of him or people that were in those seats you know, filming. Like you it's brought up a point, though. Are tickets really that tough to get? My, for instance, my son 
and a friend went to the Auburn game without tickets this week. They wound up with tickets. I mean, it just seems to me that, and Michael would better know this too, there's always a ticket to be bought, right? If you're willing to pay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, tickets are not very difficult to get. Yeah, I I don't, I I used to think that, and you hear about these 88,000, 100,000 seats, but I just think there's always a place if you want to pay, maybe a little extra. But with this guy being a Michigan staffer at the time, he's not now, I would think that he either had a contact working for Jim Harbaugh, if indeed he was. I don't know what his real role was, analyst, whatever that is. So 11 different games that he, I guess, maybe was sign stealing, picking up things. Oh, I think it's pretty clear he was. He was. He was. He's not that big a fan of the Big Ten, is what you're saying, just to go was, see the games. No, no, it's pretty clear. I think at this point, I'd be shocked. So. If we don't, uh, but I want to know what if this is something else. I do have somebody lined up tomorrow on this. What's yeah, tomorrow's Wednesday. I do have somebody Indeed lined up uh, up there in Detroit. I'm curious, what's what kind of penalty could they come up with? Mm, I don't. Know. I'm, I'm just wondering where where can this go? Okay, I mean, you know, even with the the the, the Houston Astros scandal, you know, with the sign stealing and all that. They were not, you know, they had firings. They had, uh, they got rid of the, the that GM. They got rid of the manager, but they didn't take away their World Series title uh, with uh, New England. What happened with New England, Michael, when they had the the, the sign stealing? The, the penalty, what were the penalties? Had a first round pick stolen. All right. Stolen. All right. I see what he did there. Yeah. So what could happen <laughs> to Michigan? Michigan's already under, under investigation for the, for the uh, illegal recruiting during the, uh, COVID time, so I'm just curious what what possibly could be happening to that program now. I mean, for, you know, getting rid of the staffer, okay, he's the sacrificial lamb, but what happens to the program? I mean, I guess scholarship reductions and stuff. I mean, I I, I suppose. Um, I know Jim Harbaugh is very popular up there. I wonder if Michigan just decided after this year just to let him go nah. and try to get get that out of the way and Mm-mm. if that could help because i i'm not going th- anywhere oh i think he is after this year not well, I think okay let me re- take an nfl job let me not fire i don't enough. think they're i don't think they're getting rid of him if he chooses to leave on his own that's one thing but we've proved if you can win the guys number two in the country they, they're not getting rid of they're but not what getting if rid he, of jim harbaugh for anything he they're gonna have to they're gonna have to pull what him if, out what if he gets into the national championship game can you imagine though if nothing is resolved yet with this hanging over the schools you know that the, the fact of the sign stealing you got the other investigation going on uh i i'm wondering if maybe higher ups in college football hope they don't get that far maybe rooting for ohio state to beat them somebody said that uh what stallions allegedly and seemingly did was 100 percent intended to gain a competitive advantage that everyone in the sports understands is wrong it violates even the lowest standard of ethics it spits on sportsmanship and it's just a cut and dried line you can't cross yeah i'm sure nobody else does it either um i'm sure everybody else does it you know when i was coaching kid ball there was oh, a there was a team we, we faced that Man. recorded recorded us. It became a big thing. In kid ball, like they were in first and was it first second grade? It might have been third and fourth grade. S- true story, swear to God. And the, my first reaction is, who the hell has time to go hang out at some other kid's game and record formations? Mark, I've heard 
I've heard stories, and I can confirm that things like that in well, I say kid. I, I'm aware of it in high school sports yeah. where it happened in, in the sport of soccer. Well, you can almost understand high school and up because guys' livelihoods depend on wins and losses. But come on, man. You're a volunteer coach in kid ball, and you're out there on a Saturday. Man, I got I got three kids, two jobs, and a wife. I ain't got time to be going watch my kid play much your yeah. kid. Well, maybe they're trying to get a stepping stone to a higher level yeah, of coaching. Well, it became a big thing. By the way, we lost the game uh, with that team. The commission actually sent us video. You weren't doing a good job then. No, huh? they actually sent us video of their of, of the other team to make it fair at that point. Oh yeah, it became a huge thing. You know, in this day and age of video, and I, I just, why do you even need to do this? I mean, you, you get all you can from the you know the games, and you see it all. Not anyway. when it comes to st- uh, signs, though. I mean, you 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 send these universities send each other, or they. Um, acquire a very specific video but they don't get to see the coaches i mean they have analysts they have analysts studying this thing day in and day out these analysts these 20 analysts or whatever they watch film and they break it down and do all this kind of stuff scoreboard traffic and weather uh we come back with your reaction stay with us right here it's the opening kickoff on wnsp This is Charlie Farley from the University of Alabama. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP. Roll time. Garcia starts the third and drives one the other way. Down the line. If it's fair, he's got another. He does. Adolis Garcia owning October. I don't, they turn, there, we, there we go. There we go. It Bronner, Bronner over again. there. Just, yeah, that's hey, all right. That Garcia set a uh, postseason series record with 15 RBIs, but he was quite the. Oh, let me say, he was quite the story. Yesterday, Mark, he hits a fly ball and he stands at home plate, thinking it's a home run. Womp, womp, womp. Guess what? It, it wasn't. It wasn't. He is standing in a home plate. It hits off the wall. He winds up at first base. You might remember he was hit by a pitch, and I'm trying to remember, two games ago in this series, and it precipitated a bench-clearing deal where everybody came out, and he was really upset he got hit. This was after he had a a home run, but you know what he did? He, he kind of, again, stayed at home plate, watched it, and then walked down the line, threw his bat, and then circled the bases. And obviously Houston didn't like that, and they hit him with a pitch, and that precipitated. So he had quite a series, I'll say that. I do want to mention the Rotary Club of Mobile is participating with other Rotarians in the Southeast during World Polio Day, which is today. It is sometimes referred to as Purple Pinky Day because during National Immunization Days, millions of kids have their pinkies marked with purple ink, signifying that they have been given the two drops of vaccine, thus the Purple Pinky Donut. A glazed donut stick with a dab of purple icing was created. Purple Pinky Day. Try saying that real fast three times. (laughs) I have enough trouble saying it once. (laughs) To be honest with you, at this early in the morning, that kind of caught me by surprise. All right, so how many of you guys have ever gone out and either recorded somebody else's kid's game or 
had your game filmed by somebody else. Now, I'm aware of this happening, but I'm not going to get I've told you this off the air many, many times. Uh, oh, we're already into the break? Yeah. Gosh. You and your purple pinkle. Pinkle well, he got his on late. <laughs> he cost us 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. If you think that was 20 seconds, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Tell me the truth. Be up front about, about it. Hey, be up front. This is getting personal. It was five. Uh, South Alabama defensive coordinator Corey Batoon set to join us next. Rodney Orr on Alabama at 7. Jerry Palm at 7.30. Hopefully catching up with Luis Gonzalez at 8 o'clock. And Richie Riley got a big event tonight at the Mitch. It is free. We'll tell you all about it at 8.30. It's the opening kickoff. Cruising. Thanks for making us part of your Tuesday morning. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian right here on the sports station WNSP. All right, let's talk some South Alabama football now. We've got the defensive coordinator, Corey Batoon, uh, back with us. Coach, good morning. How are you today? I'm well. How are y'all doing? Congratulations on the recent success of the South Alabama team. There's been so much played up about the offense scoring 55 points in two games, the two previous games, I think we need to hear a little about your defense because you've only given up 10 points in your last two games. <laughs> yeah, the kids have played really well. Uh, it's been, you know, a really good uh, team effort the last uh, the last two outings. So, you know, hopefully we can keep that momentum going. Corey, is there any a defensive player that has really stood out or maybe started out that you weren't so sure about but has come on strong and, and been a leader on this defensive unit? You know, n- nobody really in particular. It's been more the you know the unit just playing with more consistency. Um, you know, w- one kid uh, that's had a couple of really good weeks uh, in terms of production has been Q Wilfong, uh, kid that we missed uh, a year ago. You know, had played uh, the inside linebacker position for us for a couple of years and uh, sat out last year with an injury, and, and we've kind of moved him around a little bit this year. He's been an edge piece for us, and uh, you know, had had some really good production the last two weeks in particular. Uh, from a, a coaching standpoint, this, this crazy schedule with the Tuesday game and, you know, getting a lot of time off now, does that – are you still in a comfort zone or does this kind of disrupt your preparation as you get ready for Louisiana? You know, I kind of like it. Um, you know, it, you don't have the traditional buy. Uh, it was kind of like two 10-day shots, you know, which is kind of like, you know, you get a little bit of a time – uh, to get some of the kids back. Uh, thankfully, we didn't have any, you know, major injury type things where, where you need that bye week to get a guy fully uh, recovered. But, um, you know, it's been pretty good. You know, the, the kids have had like, like a couple of days out of the building. Uh, they could get home this past weekend, which was awesome for them. Um, you know, as coaches, you kind of get an opportunity to look ahead. Uh, you know, we got a short week coming up, coming up against uh, Troy in two weeks. So uh, during one of those uh, opportunities, you know, I got a chance to kind of, you know, get an eye ahead and, and figure out some things uh, with that short week. But, 
you know, I think uh, I think the traditional buy, um, where you have that full week off and, and kids get get away for a little too long, those can be distractions. So I kind of like uh, I like the way that's been set up this year. I wanted to ask you during practice sessions, uh, have things changed at all? Meaning, like obviously prior to the season, you have scrimmages, you have the offense against the defense. But when you get seven or eight games into the season, is there a different tone? In other words, do you still have the defense going out there and, and hitting the offense, or the offense trying to score, or do you just kind of, let's say, bring it down a little bit? Yeah, um, you know, we, we really don't. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this morning's practice. You know, Tuesdays are always a very physical day. Uh, you know, you're working on uh, base run concepts. We go good on good, uh, you know, against the offense. So we'll have a team run period against the offense. Uh, we're working our base stuff first, second down. Uh, we get into some low red. So, so today's really a, a really physical practice. It kind of sets the tone for the week. And, and, you know, we'll cut, you know, a period here or there uh, as you start getting into this part of the season you know more to save the uh, skill guys and their legs but uh you know the physicality that that, that, that needs to be warranted um, you know happens on a tuesday for us and and, and it's pretty uh, standard throughout the year coach how much to, in, in a game especially over the last two we often see an offense will get sparked by a, a defensive play right like you get a turnover and the offense will come out and they'll take a shot yeah. right off the bat right how how much sure. is the reverse true where, man, the offense is kind of clicking, the defense just kind of gets real pumped about it and kind of motivates them to go out there and get it done even even more efficiently? Yeah, I mean, momentum, you know, uh, positive or negative, you know, it, it's a real thing, you know. And, and, and so I think, obviously, you know, each side plays off one another and, and, and uh, you know, We've seen it on both ends, you know, uh, at Oklahoma State in the last two weeks, you know, where you really come out and, and, and do well, you know, on both sides of the ball, and, and then that momentum becomes overwhelming to the opponent. And, and we've seen it on the other end, you know, where we come out and we maybe we don't do something uh, – you know, execution-wise early, you know, on either side of the ball, you know, the James Madison game comes to mind. You know, we gave up an explosion play, uh, you know, on that first series. We go, uh, you know, have a negative play on first, second down, you know, create the third and long, and they hit us with a double move, and it's an explosion play, and, you know, you, you kind of let the air out a little bit. And so um, it's a real thing. Um, you know, you're constantly battling that, you, you know, if you're on the other side of it and, and, and when it's going well for you, you know, you're trying to keep that going. So, you know, it's, it's like most competitive things. I mean, there is kind of a mental side to the to the momentum and, and you know, you try to ride that wave as long as you can. Does, to that point, if you know, like, the offense is clicking and doing its mm -hmm. thing, do you get more aggressive? Do you take more chances or do you, do you try to not let that impact or affect what you're what, what you're trying to do on the defensive side of the ball? Sure. No, I see where you're going with that. No, I I don't I don't think um, you know the the way that the, the way that you're trying to get stops. You know, it, it really doesn't affect uh, on the other end. Now now it can get to points where you know some of their call sheet gets limited. You know, in regards to you know they're down or, or they feel like they can't stop you. You know, then maybe you're taking more chances. Maybe you're spreading the field out. Maybe you're throwing a little bit more, which maybe changes, you know, kind of some of the things that you've done in tighter ball games. So, so you obviously you have to, you know, adjust that way. But, but in regards to mentally, hey, you know, the offense is clicking. So let, let's, you know, try to make something happen. You know, I don't think it really works that way. Corey Batoon is our guest here on WNSP. I asked Kane this question yesterday when he joined us. Uh, clearly, this team isn't 
34-30 loss to Central Michigan, right? It's better than that. Is this team 110 to 10 over the last two weeks good for the rest of the season, or is it kind of somewhere in between? Yeah, I think with everything, you know, you, you probably live in the gray there. It's not black and white. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are games that, that you, uh, you perform well uh, to your standard, and there's games that you don't. And, and kind of the, the scoreboard is a reflection of that and, and, and on that given day. And so I think more it's just attributed to consistency. You know, I mean, we can be as, as good as we want to be, um, and, and you can also be your own worst enemy. And so I think we've kind of lived both those lives, and, and uh, I think the kids have bought into that, and they understand that, that it's about us and our execution. And so, um, you know, week in and week out, we go about trying to, you know, be on schedule, uh, do the things that we know uh, to be successful, and, and, and hopefully the scoreboard takes care of itself. What's the game plan against Louisiana from a defensive standpoint? What do they bring to the table, and, and what are the keys to stopping their offense? Sure. Um, you know, the thing that's different about them uh, this year is they're a little bit more dynamic uh, in my mind. Uh, they've always been so big and physical up front. They, they've been kind of the standard bearer in terms of uh, offensive line and front production in this league for a long, long time, and they've still got pieces of that. Um, I think with this uh, this new quarterback that they have, um, you know, they've opened it up a little bit more. Uh, it's it's a lot more of a dynamic offense. It's the same schematics, but but I think they have you know some playmakers in positions maybe that they didn't in the past. And and this quarterback, um, you know, he's young, um, but, but boy, is he dynamic. He reminds me a uh, similar type of uh, athleticism as the kid that we faced at James Madison. Uh, he can do some things with his legs, um, you know, similar to the kid with. Uh, uh, the the kid from ULM in regards to extending plays and so um, you know we're going to have our, our hands uh, you know full with him uh, their ability to run the ball on designed runs whether it be the quarterback uh, or, or, or the running backs and then and then in the drop back passing game you know um, throwing the ball and then as well as the running element you know presents some problems and. Uh, so I, I think that's been the biggest thing uh, when you look at them from the past. Uh, the schematics are, are still pretty much the same. You know, they're running the same plays, the same formations, uh, but just a different dude at the quarterback position. You know, has has all of a sudden opened that thing up a little bit more. So let me ask you this: Who's the hardest hitter on your defense? Um. You know, I think we got some guys that, that play a really physical brand of football. I think, uh, you know, right down the middle of our defense, um, you know, with the defensive line, um, you know, Bubba is a really physical guy, you know, maybe not uh, in regards to just finishing tackles and you see the explosion hits, uh, you know, maybe that you do in space, but, but the physicality that he plays with, uh, playing and play out, you know, taking on double teams, uh, being as heavy-handed as he is and not being displaced in there, uh, I think that presents, uh, you know, some problems for people. So kind of like baseball, you know, if you're strong right down the middle of the defense, you know, you probably have a pretty good unit. Hey, so Southern Miss didn't cross the 50 until like the third, somewhere in the third quarter. As a defensive guy, in in the midst of the game, in the moment, do you did you know that? Did you did you acknowledge that? Do you reference that? Do you start getting even more competitive about being dominant? Like, does that even tick? Does that even click in your head? No, I mean, uh, you know, you don't really notice it from that standpoint, like, you know, hey, they didn't cross the 50, but but you know that, you know, the, the ball's in, in minus territory for most of the uh, the first half, and, and uh, you know, when you're not giving up first downs, you know, uh, field position becomes, you know, pretty obviously an issue, and, and uh, you know, 
we made them go the long field. We didn't give up short field, um, you know, whether it was special teams or a takeaway. And, uh, you know, we're getting three and outs. And so those things kind of those things kind of happen. But you do feel, you know, kind of the, the momentum of, of, you know, the quick stops, the three and outs, you know, the four and out, um, those type of things. And I think that, you know, like I said, that, that type of momentum is a real thing. You know, Corey, when we had you on last year, I remember we did talk about your background. You started in Hawaii. You coached there. You played there. And one of my highlights in broadcasting uh, South Alabama football was a trip we took to Hawaii many years ago uh, when Coach yeah. Jones was there. Do you ever go up to the uh, – you ever get a chance to talk to the higher-ups there and uh, suggest maybe a home-and-home home with Hawaii? Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd be all for it. Uh, we'd have to – you know, the crazy thing was is that uh, at Hawaii it'd be a tough one because um, – you know, they fly commercial, and so when I was there coaching, you know, that was always the, the toughest thing. When we played Army, um, you know, you're talking about nine-hour flights, so we would get on the Hawaiian Air, uh, and they had a direct flight into JFK, and we, we actually went out on, like, a Tuesday. It was crazy. Um, and so we got out there on a Tuesday, played a Saturday afternoon kick, and, and obviously the time difference is, uh, you know, one of the biggest struggles that you have, so you get out there as early as you can, but... Uh, you know, the logistics of, uh, I think we'd be all for it because uh, we have, you know, the resources to get out there in one shot. But uh, I don't know about them uh, making the trip, uh, you know, way down south here. <laughs> all right. I don't I don't know the timeline. I, I'm just guessing. I, I was taking a look. You were at Liberty, right, for a while? Yeah, I was there for a year with uh, Coach Freeze. That's what I was going to ask. Okay, we I see during COVID. Yeah, yeah, because the they're COVID year. they're undefeated now, uh, along with James Madison among the the non uh, power fives. What was it like coaching under uh, Hugh Freeze? That was awesome. You know, uh, I got a chance to work with Coach. Uh, we were there together at Ole Miss for five years. Um, was with him at Liberty for a year, and then um, you know we were assistant coaches together at Arkansas State uh, when he was the OC. Uh, and then later got promoted to the head coaching job uh, in uh, in 2011. Was with him there, so uh, have have had uh, three different uh, opportunities to work with with Hugh and, and good person. Uh, love his family. Um, does a great job on the field, obviously. Well, you may be coaching against him in two years because I think Auburn's on your schedule in two years if you stay at South and if he stays at Auburn. There you go. Yeah, that'd be that'd be an awesome deal. Hey man, before we let you go, before we let you go, I gotta ask. There, there's turnover chains. There's there's turnover thrones. There's turnover belts. Yeah. What's the most extravagant turnover prop in college football, and which one and and which one is is your favorite? You know, I kind of like what we do here. You know, with the uh, with the turnover beads. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a uh, it's a nod to uh, you know the traditions here with Mardi Gras and and those type of things. I think uh, I think those things are always unique when they can uh, you know bring on like a cultural uh, area type feel. I mean, some of those other things really have nothing to do with anything other than you know w what you can you know put on social media. But I right. think when you can tie it back into the community, I think that's always awesome. Yeah, we don't want guys cramping up from turnover moon pies, so uh, it's probably a good call. In the <laughs> Uh, no question. No Coach, question. we appreciate it, man. Congrats on all the success. Uh, I know things are, are, are going to get uh, more difficult moving on, but uh, I got a lot of folks in this area rooting for you guys. So best of luck, and let's do it again soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all having me on. Absolutely. That's Corey Batoon, ladies and gentlemen, the South Alabama uh, defense coordinator. When we come back, we're going to see if we can catch up with David Green. Rodney Orr is going to talk a little Alabama at 7 o'clock. Jerry Palm will be along at 7.30. I've asked, have you guys ever recorded or filmed an opponent in kid ball? Or had your team 
filmed by another uh, opponent in an effort to scout. Oh, I have. I have. Uh, Luis Gonzalez uh, set to join us at 8 and Richie Riley at 8.30. The opening kickoff continues. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hey, this is Slick Willie Shaw from the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters. You're listening to Sports Radio WNSP 105.5 FM. Busy Tuesday. Thanks for hanging with us. Mark, Lee, and Braun are all in the studios at WNSP. All right, let's welcome in David Green from the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. David, good morning this Tuesday. How are you, my friend? Good morning, David. Good morning. Good to have you with us. All right, and, you know, we talk a lot about injuries, cars, vehicles, but what about the subject of pedestrians and, and pedestrian fatalities? Do do, do do cases like this come across your law firm that often? As a matter of fact, we do see these, unfortunately. There are a lot of times that folks are at events, uh, whether it be a football game, uh, any type of event where uh, folks are walking on the side sidewalks or even along the side of the roadway. And there has been a rise of this in recent years. Uh, there's been a lot of research on it. Um, how to keep folks safe, and there are a lot of things that you can do. Number one, just really keeping a lookout for your surroundings, and if you can, make sure you're on the sidewalk. And so you've got really a lot of folks that are out there driving, and some folks are not paying attention. So as a, as a driver, you need to pay attention to pedestrians, slow down, obey the, the rules of the road, and hopefully we'll keep people safe. All right, so, and I often wonder this when I drive to work at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning and how dark it is outside, and wow. every now and then you'll see a, a walker out there and not even on the sidewalk or a bicycle rider. Now, thankfully, some of them actually do have reflectors, but there's some that don't. Is a, is a motor vehicleist, let's say myself, I'll put myself in this, are we responsible if we, if we hit this uh, pedestrian or a bicycle rider? Do, do cases like this come where you actually you know go after the, uh, the the person behind the wheel you can be held responsible if you strike someone you know I'm, i ride a bike a couple of days two or three days a week uh, i want to make sure that you know we I always wear all the the, the lighting the helmet uh, you want to make sure that you have reflective gear and uh, you know appropriate lighting even during the daylight but you know yes you can be held responsible we've had a number of cases over the years uh, where folks have been hit and seriously injured um, as a result of biking or even walking. I know we had a, a young lady who's actually a, a dentist in town now uh, who was actually struck years ago um, um, at one of the uh, – either Auburn or Alabama, I can't remember which uh, stadium it was, but she was there. A fella lost control of his vehicle, hit a bunch of kids, and severely hurt a bunch of folks. So um, you've really got to pay attention to your surroundings, uh, especially around these large events, especially all these ball games that we're going to. You know, we've got playoffs coming up. We've had a number of local ball games, a lot of local ball games for the season. Really need to keep a lookout of your surroundings. Very important. Uh, David, I think it would be uh, good for everybody, especially me, if you came in studio and we put together a mock trial and you cross-examined Lee Shervanian. <laughs> that would be a fall. 
When would you like to do it? Let's do it. No, no better time than right now. Get over here and we'll put together a case where there's a personal injury deal where he's at fault, potentially, allegedly, hypothetically, rhetorically, and you have to go after him. I'll be your client. I'll, 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 I'll sue. Let's do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Mark will, do anything. Mark will do anything for an extra dollar. Can I be the Trying judge? Trying to sue me. Yeah, Bronner wants to be the judge. So... <laughs> Uh, that'd be a good judge. That'd be a really good judge. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We already have a judge. Tell him who the judge is. Oh, yes. The judge lives at our house, and he is our chocolate lab. And so he is mm. uh, he's quite the guy, and uh, we love the judge. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, Bronner could, could hold you in contempt or at least threaten to. Like, things could get really dicey here. Oh, David, have you ever been held in contempt in court? No, I haven't. Never? <laughs> Probably been close. <laughs> but... But I haven't <laughs> so far. So judges are kind of like officials in the, at basketball games, right, David? Uh, well, well <laughs> I, would say, I would say we have a history there. <laughs> All right. It sounds exactly. like we're going to need a change of venue here. Uh, David, tell everybody how they can get more information on, on, on uh, some of the things that we always discuss, of course. And if they just need some legal advice, where, where, can, they, where can they turn? Absolutely. You can go to greenphillips.com anytime. You can stop by the Birmingham office in the Forbes building. We always have people there. Or at 51 North Florida Street here in Mobile in Midtown. Uh, you can always call us, 251-300-2000. You never need an appointment at Green and Phillips, so stop in. Hey, man, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We'll set a court date. We'll get back to you. Let's do it. Yep. All right. There you go. The Honorable Michael Bronner presiding. In the case of Heim versus Shervanian. I'll share that responsibility with this chocolate lab. Case number 90210. That sounds like a blast. I bet nobody's ever put that term before your name, honorable. Have they, Michael? No, I mean, I I actually served as a judge in like eighth grade mock trial. What was the case? I can't remember. Mm. Okay. I tried to hold, I tried to reject as many objections as possible though do you have a gavel hammer yes or your fist or your fist overrule of as many objections as possible you're just on a power trip you put oh, that robe was, on 100 percent yeah, power trip. yeah it just you can feel the the power coursing through your veins i can tell you one thing lee is not winning this case oh you see that's grounds for uh, a mistrial right there, sir. No, no, I just I've studied. Record the case that. Already. No, it is that's true. Yeah. I, I definitely a change of venue on that, or yeah. to get him recused yeah. him off the uh, case. Yeah, right. I didn't say that. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, coming up to uh, in hour number two, we're gonna talk some uh, Alabama with Rodney Orr. Uh, that's coming up at seven. Jerry Palm will be along. We'll we'll uh, shoot the breeze with him. Take a look at some bowl projections. Luis Gonzalez is scheduled to join us. I'll talk some uh, baseball at 8 o'clock. And Richie Riley moving up, uh, coming up early in the week. Uh, they've got an event going on at the Mitchell Center tonight. Madness at the Mitch starting at 6.30. Free admission. There will be a skills competition, some promotional games. Apparently one lucky fan has a chance at 50K. I have to brush up on my hoop skills. If y'all don't see me tomorrow, you know why. Big winner. All right. Rodney Wars next. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP.
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Bronner. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. All right, 7.05, welcome into hour number two of the opening kickoff. Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Bronner here in the studios of WNSP. Hey, want to give a shout-out to a listener of ours, young Elliot Adams, uh, works uh, with a local high school football team. Uh, that he uh, goes to school with over there. So we want to uh, want to say, hey, Elliot, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Been hearing us for years, but is now listening. There's a big difference there. So he's so. helping our ratings then. Uh, he's not hurting it. Not he and helping so it. So no. tip of the cap Spread to the Elliot word. as he makes his way to school this morning. Thanks for listening, pal. We appreciate and, it. And apologize to Michael, the honorable Michael Bronner. I appreciate the that. The honorable. Right. Okay. All right. Headlines, uh, Texas. Going to the World Series for the first time since 2011 after a beatdown of Houston, 11-4. to four. Wow. Yes. Uh, all the road teams won in this series. All seven games won by the road team. Tonight, I know you're anxious to see Arizona and Philadelphia, I huh? I am. I am. Very much yes, so. Yes, it'll be uh, game seven. Ooh, two game sevens this week. Is it getting better than that? But so here's the other thing about that, and I know we got it. As much as uh, people love game sevens and all sports, right? Like basketball, it's all great. Is there nothing worse than a game seven that gets out of hand early? Probably not. Like, how deflating is that? Yes, you're right. And here's another thing I don't like sometimes about game seven. Managers today with the frequent use of the bullpen. Yeah. I mean, two games ago, and we talked to Louie about this, I think there were like 18 pitchers, eight on each team, in a nine-inning game. Can you imagine what it's going to be like tonight? I mean, last night it was eight to two after four. You're like, hey, shut all it right, off. Let's, just, let's just call it. Let's just call. It's all about the analytics. <laughs> I know it is, and that's what I don't like about it, Michael. Honorable. That's what I don't like about this analytic. Anyway, we had an NFL game yesterday. Oh, by the way, Arizona did stave off elimination. They won, so that's why you have game seven tonight. We got uh, Minnesota beating the 49ers yesterday. Minnesota's won three games in a row. Got off to a terrible start, but they're coming on now. They won 22-17. to 17. NBA season begins tonight. And now we're going to talk some Alabama football with our good friend from uh, Tider Insider, Mr. Rodney Orr. Rodney, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Doing well. How about you guys? Pretty good. So uh, we talked to you a lot before the season. Uh, in any way, shape, or form, are you surprised that Jalen Milrow has established himself as the starting quarterback with all the talk about the other guys that were competing for the job? Honestly, Lee, I, I don't know that I really knew what to think before the season. I mean, I you know, again, I, I, I thought that the, all three of those guys had chances you know, talking about Ty Simpson, Tyler Buckner, along with Jayla Milrow to, to win the job. You know, I mean, it just it was kind of up in the air, but you know, he's made a lot of progress. I tell you, the one thing I again, he's he's just done such a tremendous job. But you know, his ability to to throw the long ball has been, you know, really something that probably I don't say it would, would surprise me, but just how consistently well he's done it. What are some of the other, let's say, I'm not going to say surprises, but things that have caught your attention in the last couple of weeks about this Alabama team from where they started, where they are now, and some of the things that maybe you didn't anticipate? Well, uh, you know, I think the one thing that really stands out to me about this team is, uh, you know, the, the competitive spirit that they have, uh, to me. 
I mean, they've been in some games where it didn't look good, uh, didn't play well in the first half against Ole Miss, uh, played extremely well, dominated the second half. I saw, you know, what we saw in the Arkansas game, the way they, you know, they they didn't play really well in the, in the second half at all, and Arkansas makes the late comeback, and, you know, Alabama finds a way to win the game, uh, those types of things. And then you see what happened on Saturday uh, in this Tennessee game. That was probably as maybe as poorly as they played in a half. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess you could say South Florida was, was pretty miserable, but, you uh, you know, the way they played in the first half against Tennessee, they look so lethargic. They look listless. Uh, you know, the, in, in some ways they look beat offensively for sure. They they just didn't seem capable. And then all of a sudden they come out in the second half and, you know, they play a totally different game. So it's kind of a competitive spirit that they have. It's, it's a team that really doesn't seem to uh, to quit. Uh, Rodney, one of the things we discussed yesterday, and I know it's kind of uh, – it's, it's become a little bit more common conversation is – what what ails Kool-Aid McKinstry here on the punt returns? He seems very indecisive when he does try to make the catch. Uh, he's muffing some punts there. They're, 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 they're maintaining possession on those, but he seems uh -huh. real indecisive back there, costing, costing his team, what, 10, 15, 20 yards? Uh, what, what's going on there, and, and how do you fix it? Yeah, that's a uh, now that that might be one of Lee's surprises there. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I really thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought Kool-Aid would. That's that was probably the last of my, uh, you know, concerns in the in the season heading in because, you know, Kool-Aid had done such a tremendous job last year. I thought he was one of the best punt returners in the country. Never seemed to have a problem or an issue fielding the ball. And something's happened, um, you know, and he's all of a sudden now he he seems reluctant to to, to want to field the ball. That, that's just the way it is to me. I mean, I thought that last punt uh, in the Tennessee game, it was an easy ball to field. I mean, he was in position to make the the catch and uh, field the ball, and, and I just let it hit. He just didn't seem to want any part of it. And I, I, I assume that, you know, again, I, I haven't heard, but I assume that Kool-Aid's lost some confidence in terms of fielding the ball. And, you know, to me, and if this is the case, I, I think you have to, you have to make a change because you can't risk it. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be really interesting come LSU to see, you know, if Kool-Aid's back there. Who would you uh, put in there? Who who else uh, would be somebody that you'd have a lot of confidence in? Well, I mean, I think you've got a lot of guys uh, that you could try. I think uh, it just depends. I mean, uh, again, I know he was injured a little bit against um, in this game, Terry and Arnold. I think he's a very explosive player. I mean, we saw that on the kickoff returning at South Florida. He's a guy, if he's, if he's okay, uh, he, he's certainly one that I would look at. I know Isaiah Bond has, has done some, you know, fielding of punts. Um, you know, maybe even Kendrick Law, even though he doesn't really seem like a punt return guy, he does have good hands. And he's, uh, we saw when he got the ball in his hands finally, uh, when they used him on that kind of a, a jet sweep in this game, he's pretty, he's pretty dynamic uh, when he's running the ball, gets in open field. So, uh, you know, I think there's probably several options they could, they could look at. Get a week off. Let me, uh, if you could, we haven't talked much about recruiting with Alabama. Can you update us on the Crimson Tide and where things stand right now? We're only, a, what, a couple months away or uh, from, you know, signing date in December? You know, I think it's going to be real interesting, uh, you know, how they finish out this class. There's really not a ton left on the table. I do think Alabama will probably get the portal. It's gonna, that's another thing that I think is going to become more prominent is, is how do you use the portal? 
and I, and I won't be surprised if Alabama, you know, hits the portal a little bit in this this go round. And uh, but as far as how it finishes out, I mean, I think the one guy, one of the guys that I think is really a, a primary guy to keep an eye on is Jordan Seaton, the offensive lineman, maybe the best offensive tackle, certainly one of the best offensive tackles in this recruiting class. Uh, at IMG Academy, Alabama's been in really good position with him. You know, we'll see, you know, what happens with him because obviously he's very highly touted. But that's one guy to keep an eye on. And then, you know, there's a kid in Canada that was that was here this weekend on an unofficial visit. He'll come back in December. And we posted this on com on Sunday. was uh, Steve Maboa. And, I, and I'm assuming that's how he pronounces his last name. It's a very uh, you know, difficult name, but it's uh, he is a guy that's about a six foot three, six four, two hundred seventy pound defensive lineman, defensive end. He's he's really raw, but uh, he's going to be really good. Uh, he's got a, a lot of schools have certainly you know taken an attraction to him. Georgia's offered him Florida, uh, you know, several others. But he's a guy that was here, and and, and I think if everything pans out the way. You know, it's been kind of indicated to me. I look for him to end up at Alabama. But, again, it's a process. You guys know how it is. A lot of things can change, especially when you're dealing with NIL now. Where do they stand numbers-wise as far as the class that's coming in in 2024? Yeah, they're right about 20 right now. So, um, you know, I think that they'll probably take a few more defensive linemen. I mean, uh, like I said, Steve, we call it <coughs> we call him Steve M., I think he's a guy to watch, and you know there's some others that they're recruiting. William Eccles over in uh, Mississippi that's committed to Ole Miss, although I'm not really sure Alabama's you know made a uh, a, a really strong push on him yet. So a kid down in Florida, Hudson, Florida, named Elias Williams, it's uh, committed to uh, Missouri that Alabama's you know recruiting really really hard. So. Uh, or certainly keeping an eye on. So we'll see. And, you know, there's always a chance that a kid could come in the portal, and, and if it's a guy that you really like, I don't know that there's going to be somebody that, that because defensive linemen are such a premium, they, they usually stick where they are. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Before I let you go, do you know anything about this Jared Smith who supposedly is transferring from Spain Park to Thompson with just a couple of weeks to go in the regular season? Yeah, I've never heard anything like that. Um uh, you know, kind of. I don't know all the details. You you may even more know more details than I do on that. I, I have seen that, but I really don't know. Uh, you know any specifics to that, and that's. Uh, I'm not really sure how that works, or you know what that. Uh, certainly, uh, going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. Yeah, and uh, so where Alabama's offered him, right? Uh, among other many other yeah, schools. Yeah, he's a really good. Yeah, he's a really. You know, he's he's a guy that's considered a. Uh, an outstanding prospect, and, um, you know, we'll see. Hey, man, always good to catch up with you, Rodney. Tell folks how they can get to all your coverage of Alabama football as they uh, go into the bye week and head for uh, LSU. Tighterinsider.com. It's only $48 a year. Uh, you can get instant access with your credit card if you prefer. There is an address there to send a check and gives you all our premium information, but also our all sports forum. That's our community of Alabama fans there. And it's really a nonstop. I mean, a lot of exchange, a lot of information, a lot of discussion, you know, just like what we've had right here. Hey, man, we appreciate the time and uh, we'll do it again soon. Have a great week. Thank you, guys. Take care. Uh, in the app, someone was saying about this whole Michigan thing. Now it's come out that. Uh, Mr. Stallion, uh, Connor Stallion's here. Great name. Uh, 
Right, it was eleven. It was thirty foot bought thirty tickets over eleven games. I think were the, were the numbers. Anyway, he's saying it happens at every level. It's not uncommon. Signals are, and audibles are stolen even mid-game. This is nothing new. Sending people to opponents' games is not new. The final drive interviewed uh, a whole bunch of folks. So I get it. It's he's saying it's not a date rule. I think the biggest, the bigger problem um, is that he's recording. It's it's one thing to go to the games. It's another thing to be recording those guys. And here's the other thing: How are you getting caught? Like you're you're nobody if up until this point. Just go take some notes. Like, why are we? I don't understand why we're recording the signals. And and how do, how do you get like it's it's I compared it to like taking a test. If you cheat on the test, don't get them all right. You got to miss one or two. Throw off suspicion. You can't you can't have every signal in a game right. You got to miss a couple. 717. Scoreboard traffic and weather next. Catch up with Michael Holland. Jerry Palm at 730. We got to do a little naming it. Got to get you qualified. We're giving away another uh, tailgating party this Friday, I believe. Yes. That's my contribution to that. Yes. He's not the best yes. color man in the league for nothing, folks. <clears throat> we got the Honorable Michael Bronner. We're going to do a mock trial one day. We're yeah, bringing David fun. Green in to cross-examine Lee Shervanian. I strenuously eject. Or object. <clears throat> Overrule. Alright. That should be fun, too. It's the opening kickoff. Stay with us. Uh, this is Jim Brando of Fox Sports telling everyone along the Gulf Coast in Mobile, listen to the opening kickoff with Mark and Lee on 105.5 WNSP. Fam sends one deep into left field, and that one's going to fly. Tommy Pham, welcome back to the lineup. 725, short segment here. We went a little long, as always. The opening kickoff, Mark Lee and Bronner in the studios of WNSP. He was uh, upset because they benched him in game five. He had only been like one for 13, so he took it out on the Phillies with a home run yesterday. Michael Holland from Bryant Bank, marketing president, joining us right now. Of course, Bryant Bank, the player of the week we talked about yesterday with Pam Barnett out at St. Paul's. Anthony Tank Jones was the player of the week. Michael, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Lee. Good morning, Mark. All right. The tip of the day has something to do, I believe, with something called open enrollment, which means... Yeah, uh, open enrollment is a process that you participate in with your employer uh, because most employers offer benefits, and the open enrollment process allows you to take care of those. Lee, there are three that I'd like to mention this morning. Uh, One is a retirement planning benefit. It may be a 401K or a 403B. This is an important benefit available to you as a worker to plan for your retirement. Your employer many times will match what you put into that, so that's an automatic benefit for you. But these are dollars that you place in this account pre-tax, so it lowers your taxable income. A very, very good thing for workers to consider. Uh, The next is a flexible spending account. This is also a pre-tax Uh, benefit. 
Uh, we all have out-of-pocket medical expenses throughout the year, but as you contribute to this flexible spending account, you can use those dollars pre-tax to buy those things. And then finally is the benefit of telemedicine. Save yourself a trip to the uh, urgent care, uh, and if your company offers this, take advantage of it. it you can call into the doctor, you can FaceTime or Skype your physician and get your medical issue taken care of that way, assuming it's not a major one. So those are three things, retirement planning, a flexible spending account, and telemedicine, all things you should take care of during open enrollment. If you've got any qu other questions, give us a call at Bryant Bank. We're at 264-6575. You can visit us in Mobile, Daphne, Foley, and our office in Orange Beach. Appreciate it very much. You take care of yourself, Michael. We'll check in with you next Tuesday. Have a good one. That's uh, Michael Holland with Bryant Bank. All right. Uh, you guys can uh, jump in. One of the things that we mentioned earlier we haven't really gotten back to, you you kind of mentioned with Rodney Orr was this, this story, this high school story about a guy – uh, an Alabama uh, recruit who looks to be transferring from one school to the next, like potentially this week, and would be eligible. That's what's really striking. That he, you're right. He would actually be eligible. Uh, Thompson beat Spain earlier this year. You can. What if they wind up playing each other in the in the postseason? Hey, how's that work? Plus, the fact of the matter is, you only got like I think Thompson has one more regular season game to go. How does he fit in? You know, what do you bench somebody? And if in fact this happens, because uh, uh, Mark Freeman yesterday was quoted as saying that you know he wasn't aware of it, but maybe he was. I don't know. But uh, he's he's he he knew. He knew. The coaches know, whether directly or not. They all know what's going on, especially with high-profile guys like that. So he's a four-star defensive end, 2025, Jared Smith. Gonna just a couple weeks left in the regular season. He's transferring, and he's gonna be eligible. And you know what? That's not on him. That's on us. That's on the High School Athletic Association. There's got to be something in place to prevent this. Jerry Palm is next. Stay with us. If whatever I think or whatever offensive staff convinces me is is the best approach to uh, to give us a chance to win a game um, I've said uh, from day one that uh, I, I think Robbie has a place and is his place every down we'll we'll see this week 732 welcome back in that's the voice of Auburn coach Hugh Freeze I'm not sure if I love that answer. Um, you know, whatever whatever we think, whatever the offensive you know, staff wants me to you do. Can, um, you can call, be the greatest play caller in the history of sports, but if you don't have the horses to pull it off. Yeah, but at one at some point, don't you just ride one horse? I mean, it, I just, I, I, it almost feels like promises were made, and uh, <laughs> we're trying to fulfill all our promises here, uh, and there's just no consistency at all. Well, there's consistency on Tuesday at 7.30. We talk uh, sports, college football with uh, Jerry Palm of CBS Sports. Good morning, Jerry. How are you today? I'm all right. How are you? Good. Anything change with your uh, Final Four? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, those teams are still plugging along. Uh, it's uh, 
Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Texas. Um, there have been some changes around that, but um, even those have been pretty minimal because we haven't really had a lot of unexpected results with those top teams lately. Uh, they're, the teams that are supposed to win are winning. Um, the Ohio State-Penn State game would have caused some shuffling around if Penn State had won, but uh, they never really threatened to. Um, Ohio State looks pretty good, and uh, it, you could see maybe Michigan and Ohio State in this thing again this year if things break right for them. So I, um, I don't see much on the schedule this week that would create any changes either. Do you? Is there any, any? Yeah, upsets would have to happen. No, there aren't, <clears throat> there aren't the kind of games on the schedule this week that are you know, probably going to um, rock anybody's world unless something happens maybe in the Pac-12. Um, but no, I don't. I don't see. I, I don't see any big games that you know that that clearly have playoff implications this week. So you talk talk about rocking the world. The story about the sign stealing. What what are you hearing about this, Jerry? Do you think it's that important uh, with Michigan? This so-called investigation. Uh, I think it's well. I mean, it's important because. <laughs> You're not supposed to do this, and Michigan just doesn't seem to care. You know, it's it's an advantage if you can pull it off. Sign stealing, even if you know, if, if you study it, is probably you know not the easiest thing to do. But um, because teams are trying to disguise it in game uh, from the opposing bench, right? Which is obviously facing your bench. So um, and this so sign stealing happens sometimes within games, but going out and getting the information in advance, it's just the it's just the obvious disregard for the rules that Michigan seems to enjoy. And that's you know, that's probably a bigger thing than the actual attempted sign stealing. And we don't know if Harbaugh sent this guy out there. Um, he might have just been doing it on his own, but um, but man, the, the the evidence is piling up that that's exactly what they were trying to do, and I just don't get it. <laughs> They're good enough; they don't need to do that. But uh, but you gotta love the guy's name, right? I think that just adds to the story, the right? Stallions was yeah. like Chase Stallions. Yeah, Connor like Stallions, Stallions, man. Stallions with one L. One L. I mean, it's 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 yeah. just you just gotta love. You you can't help but root for a guy named Connor Stallions. No, Connor. That's what it is. Yeah. Connor. Yeah. Um, well. I probably wouldn't. But, uh, <laughs> do, you, do you know how they found out about this? But or? I'm not the biggest Michigan fan, you know. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard rumors. So, do you know how this all came about? How they fa- who who found out or who told or? I don't know. It, I mean, there was. I, I don't know how it was actually discovered. I think one of the other Big Ten teams suspected something and reported it to the Big Ten. And then it got to the NCAA that way. I, I think that's how it happened. But I, I don't know which team. I'm thinking – now, I don't know this for a fact. I was just listening uh, about a week ago, and they replayed an interview with Greg Schiano, Rutgers coach, and he said yeah. something in the interview. Some funny stuff is going on here. The reporter didn't pick up on it and quiz him on it. It was like one of those halftime interviews. And he just, was that the Michigan game, though? Because I thought that was more recent than the Michigan game. I don't know. He, I, I thought it had something to do with Michigan and that Greg Schiano, uh, and I don't know if he's the one or and, – and Yeah, I don't know either. But it hasn't been disclosed who, who initially reported. How, how do you think Texas will be affected by losing Quinn Ewers now, the quarterback? Yeah, um, it sounds like he can come back still this year, but, um, you know, that's – 
I mean, that's why you have backup quarterbacks, right? And Texas has got talented guys on their roster, so you know somebody's going to have to step in. It's uh, who do they have? They don't have a. It, the Big Twelve this year is Texas and Oklahoma in a big gap. So Texas has a better chance of surviving something like this for the period of time that yours is out than somebody in, say, the Pac-12 would if they had to go to their backup quarterback because of the strength of that league. So I think Texas has a chance to survive this, um, and they're going to have a talented person in that position who just isn't as experienced as yours, and obviously not better. He'd be starting. So um, I don't know off the top of my head who their backup quarterback is, uh, but um, I, I think Texas has a chance at least to be okay, and they have to be because – uh, they can't afford another loss if they want to make the college football playoff. Well, we know it's not Arch Manning yet. He's the – Nope. I, yes, I did see it wasn't going to be Arch Manning. No, so. it's Malik Murphy uh, right I, now. I honestly don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't look that up It's Malik yet, who Mur- they were going to play. Malik Murphy right now is the backup who will – Oh, Malik Murphy. Okay. T- take the first snap. If Florida State loses any game, Raymond of the Air, does that just about knock out the ACC from any consideration for the Final Four? I know you have them in there now, but – if somebody can beat them, are they finished? Um, I think it's harder because there's a big gap between them and the rest of the league. So whoever beats them, they don't play North Carolina or Louisville in the regular season. Um, so, you know, that, that they, if it was one of those two teams to beat them, it would be, a, you know, the championship game. They've already played probably the next two best teams in Duke and Clemson. So, yeah, if it's before the uh, ACC championship game, it would be a major upset at this point. And, yeah, you'd have to say that that would probably knock them out of contention in in what's a pretty crowded field for these top four spots. Um, If they were to lose their conference championship game, they're not a conference champion at 12-1. and Their chances of making it are not very good, but that's the best loss that they could take at this point. He's Jerry Palm. He joins us here on WNSP. So I know Michigan's dominated a bunch of headlines. Is Michigan State just getting jealous? So they're just throwing Adolf Hitler up on the scoreboard just to just just to, just yeah. to get a little attention here. What? What was that? Yeah. Is, is that the kind of attention you really want to draw? Uh, I, mean, I, I would say no, but I'm not up idea. there. Yeah. So apparently it was some third party deal. They were doing some trivia right before the game, and the question was. Where is Adolf Hitler from, or where was he born? And they just threw a picture up there. Yeah. Yeah. Just not a good look. Oh, so so it wasn't even, well, that's a third party outfit that probably isn't going to be a third party outfit for very long. Yeah, no, they, uh, that, that spread across social media like wildfire. The other thing that was kind of crazy is uh, we're talking about a fair, we're talking about fair catching a lot. Over the, la- over the last few days here. It, it, it's, I, I didn't even – who knew? Who knew we'd be talking about this at this point in, in, in the evolution of college football? You know, it's really like the most Iowa thing ever to have points <laughs> taken off the board or something like that when they get yeah. so few anyway and that they get a decent percentage of their points from defense and special teams. You know, it's uh, – Brian, Brian Ferenc probably sees that touchdown called back and – and starts having a you know panic attack on the sideline because they're having a hard time getting to his point total. Yeah. And and defensive special team scores count toward his offensive production. So um, yeah, it's uh, it, that was a weird play. I I get it. I, I wouldn't have picked it out. I mean, the the fake fair catch signal or invalid fair catch signal is something you might see 
once or twice a year um, and usually not in games of this caliber. So it's it was a surprising thing, and but it's really just the most Iowa thing ever. I think Iowa games need to be shown in black and white on TV. On the, they, uh, they play from a bygone era. On the Big Ten network, <laughs> it's like the, which we don't have. On either. any network, okay. any network, whatever. Whoever's so, showing Iowa needs to show them in black and white. I, I can't imagine how a team could be so pathetic on offense, but is that really – is that in writing that if they don't average, what, 24 points, he's gone no matter what? It's 25. 20, 25. Okay, 25. Um, mm. 25 points a game, that would include the bowl game, which is, it looks like obviously they'll go to one. So, um, so, so the dad's going to five points on the season. Um, I don't know that he's fired per se, but if he wants to get his original contract back, you know, the, cause he took a big reduction in pay. Um, and they said, you will give you back your original contract. If you get to three twenty five. I don't know for sure if it means he gets fired. Um, but you know, that's, if it wasn't the head coach's kid, he would have been gone years ago. You know, it's it's just nepotism at its finest, and that's you know, and the out um, no longer AD here. Bart Gary Barta is the one who set this up. They have a new AD now, so who knows? All right. Uh, last time I talked to you, I think you said you had Penn State against Alabama in a bowl game. Do you still is that yeah, the Peach Bowl? Peach Bowl. You still Peach have bowl. those two? Yeah, because uh, Penn State's loss was built in to that projection already, uh, their, their loss to Ohio State. So, yeah, um, that still holds. Um, the, the team that I've been switching out the most has been the group of five team. I have Air Force there now. So that's like two weeks in a row for that one. Um, and then the, the Pac-12, uh, I have two Pac-12 teams in there that, that kind of go in and out. But this week the, the major change was with the ACC team in the Orange Bowl because North Carolina was in to Virginia. Uh, puts Louisville in that spot for now. That's the only change in the New Year's Six game. So, Jerry, if if I were to tell you right now that I thought, hypothetically, that Alabama would beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, would you be more open to that idea today than you were, say, two or three weeks ago? Yeah, because Alabama's playing better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if Alabama continues to improve, you know, uh, I mean, I think we'll see more from Georgia as well. I mean, really, Georgia's been, you know, they, they showed up for that Kentucky game, man, and they laid it to them, um, and they've taking care of the really bad teams on their schedule. But uh, for the most part, they look like, you know, they're they're number one because they haven't lost. But really the best team so far this season, this deep into the season, has been Michigan. And their schedule's been pretty crap too. But they're absolutely obliterating everybody. Michigan has – the Michigan defense has yet to have a team take a snap first and goal. They haven't had a goal to go snap the entire season on defense. Indiana got the ball to the 10, but it was second and six when they got to the 10. So that's it. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, if you want to score on Michigan, you need a big play. And that's how, they're, that's how teams are getting touchdowns against Michigan. It's on big plays. Uh, that you can't drive on those guys. You, or, you can't sustain drives. Or if you want to score on Michigan, you just go old school and you send the play in with a different receiver every time and you huddle up. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Um, I don't I don't know. Michigan's defense is pretty good. For most of the teams in the Big Ten, that's not going to work. All right, one of the hot rumors, Lincoln Riley. Will he be back at Southern Cal or will he be gone? What do you think? I don't think they'll fire him. No, no, no. Um, no, he would uh, NFL. Oh, well, I, that's always a possibility. Yeah, I could see him, uh, the appeal for him in the NFL. Um, and, and the NFL may appeal to him as well. And, yeah, I could see that happening. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to coach in the Big Ten. 
where you really see some defenses. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but I, I, I could see the NFL um, coming after a guy like him because uh, he's a brilliant offensive mind, and I could see the appeal of the NFL to him. So, sure, yeah, that could happen. Well, the narrative is that he and Caleb Williams, you know, would would so be reunited. Ever, do they get along that well? I don't, know. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not sure they do. Uh, and, and really, this has been a washout year now. What, with two losses now? I mean, they're out yeah. of any consideration yeah. for the well, uh, college. They haven't even played Oregon and Washington yet. So... Oh. You know, it doesn't get easier for them going forward. Actually, I think the weird NFL thing from that team is Caleb Williams wanting part ownership of the team that drafts him. I'm pretty sure that rules out the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't see the McCaskies. I don't see the, although I think the Bears might be under better ownership if Caleb Williams gets a part of it. But the Bears, as a Bears fan, I yeah. say this. Well, the, um, the, but, the Bear, but the McCaskies aren't giving up a piece of the Bears for Caleb Williams. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, uh, uh, the whole saying, it, it never hurts to ask. Uh, well, I guess we're about to find out, aren't we, with this? Because he's sort of taking a lot of negative hits on this. Well, I mean, he can only play college football for so long. And at some point, he's, if he wants to play in the pros, he'll play in the pros. And if nobody offers him the deal that includes part of the team, I guess he could retire, but probably he'll play football. Yeah. Uh, when does the first college football playoff poll come out? Next Tuesday. Oh, it is. Okay. So, yeah, I have a pre- Top 25 coming out later today uh, for the, the week early one I usually do. All right, so what do you, who would be the top projection. four? Who do you think would the projected top four? I have Michigan, Ohio State. Let's see. It's not It doesn't match the top four. I have, like, Georgia at six or seven. Um, Michigan, Ohio State. I want to say Washington's up there. And... Uh, um, Give me two seconds here. I can tell you. I have Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington. That's my top four. And and that would be projected, projected which, college football committee ranking, which if they were doing it this week. That's what I'd predict. Hey, Jerry, it looks like things are going to start ramping up, man. We appreciate the time as always. We look forward to uh, seeing that uh, top 25, man. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Yep. That's Jerry Palm, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We come back. A chance for you. Real quickly, I got to address something Please. with you. I, with I'm so okay. sick of hearing about Lincoln Riley to the NFL as a possibility. He's not a good football coach. No NFL team is hiring Lincoln Riley. Why is this talked about as a possibility? He's not a good football coach. He's not getting an NFL job. He might want one. Well, He's not getting one. And if a team hires him, they're complete morons. Well, the thing is that, you know, how agents are, they start spreading the rumors. <laughs> you know what it is? They start spreading this, and maybe it maybe it's leverage to get him a new contract with Southern Cal. Who knows? I, I believe he might be interested in the NFL. I buy that. Well, I, he loses his quarterback for sure, so I could see that getting out of there. Um, he seems like a guy that always wants to be on the go. You know, I'll spend a few, I couple years, let time to get going. Right? That's the way he appears to me to be. I, I'm with you. I don't think I think he's a good offensive mind. I don't think he pays attention to his defense. Well, what defines a good coach? Wins, it's like wins. It's he's seventy-two and fifteen. Yeah. I guess with Southern Cal, it's not good enough. You got to get a championship. He's I'm got a saying, great record, no, dude. You're right. Seventy-two and fifteen. Yeah. If we're judging, yeah, a coach's merits based on his record. And, and I'm with you on the record, uh, and he's he molds Heisman Trophy-winning quarterbacks. 
Not currently, but whatever. They can't all be winners. All right, naming it next. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Michael Pierce, NFL defensive tackle. When I'm in the city of Mobile, you can normally find me at WNSP 105.5. Welcome back in. We're wrapping up hour number two with another edition of Naming It. That's right. This Friday, we are awarding a Alec Naming catering party. In order to win said uh, catering party, you have to be qualified, and here's your chance. We're going to play a person, an audio file, a person, place, or thing. You have to identify said audio file and be the first one to call Michael Bronner and get it right. We're going to do this on the air, and we might need a little time on this, I think. I don't know. DJ, spin that stuff. All right. Okay, I think we get the point. <laughs> Sounds like well, somebody a three was hour burned. video. I just yeah, yeah. Well, sure. I wanted to make sure you had enough audio there. Yeah. All right, so you're gonna have to rack a bunch of them. I think I'm not. I don't think we're gonna be able to get this on the first try. In fact, I'm gonna say. Over two and a half. I'm going over two and a half. What do you think? I'm taking the under. You're taking the under? Under. Under. All right. Here we go. Go ahead, caller. What what did you just hear? Water boiling over. That is incorrect. (laughs) What did he say? Uh, Water water, boiling over. That is incorrect. All right. Go ahead, caller. What, What was that? Is that bacon cooking? That is incorrect. It is not bacon. And therefore... I'm the big winner. Uh, all right. Now it's just a question. Can we get this done before the end of the segment? Go ahead, caller. What do we got? You're on. Is it a, sh- is it a shower? It is not a shower. It is not a shower. Not a shower. Not, not bacon. Not water boiling over. We got another one? We got another caller? Play it again. I knew this was going to be a difficult one. All right. 694-1055. So what happens if we don't get anybody qualified, Lee? So I, would, I, my name goes on the list as a qualifier then. Okay. Simple as that. And then we'll let Alec know to pick one through eight, and you'll yeah, be nine. No, no. I go on the list. It's my contest. My my. It's decision. your contest. My contest. I don't my see decision. your name on this contest. It's hidden very well. Yeah. Very well. It must be to get Trevanian yeah. by people. All right, caller, what do we got? Tell us what this was. Is it static on a TV? It is not static on a TV. In other words, that was like Lee's. Lee's TV on Thursday night, Stern Amazon Prime. No, it was not. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, caller. Here we go. Let's try it. Let's give it another shot. Is that rainfall outside? It is not rainfall. It is not rainfall. At what point do I give a hint? I feel like. Give a hint now. Give we a got hint. one more caller. All right, one more caller, and then we'll, we'll try to give a hint. Go ahead, caller. Tell us what that was. Ooh. I, that's not correct, is it? No, no. It's as close as all the other ones. All right. What would be a good uh, 
It's something, it is a dish that might be served at a restaurant. In fact, would be, is. What, what kind of a restaurant? Italian, Mexican, what do you like? Are you gonna, mm, can you go that far or no? I could, but I feel like that would give it away. How many minutes do we have? Oh, we only have two minutes. We're we gonna get a couple it, minutes. We're going to get it right here. Go ahead, caller. Tell us what that was. Fried egg? It was not a fried egg. You you would find this dish at a Mexican restaurant. I feel like that's going to be an easy one. This is it. This is the winner right here if they got my clue. Go ahead. Tell us what it was. Fajitas. There it was. It was indeed fajitas. Congratulations. Who are we talking to? This is Lloyd. Hey, man. Congratulations. Stay on the line. I have no doubt you knew it before I gave the clue. Uh, but I just had to keep things going. So, congratulations. Good luck to you this Friday. Yeah, I didn't uh, even Friday. hear the noise. I got it based <laughs> off simply the glue. Ah, very good. Someone said Sam Pittman's seat. Ooh, ooh. If we're going creative answers, that might have been the best one. Yeah, okay. So, Michael, are you available now to talk? No, he's getting the information okay. from our listener. Because he brought up that thing about Lincoln Riley. It's a very good point. You mentioned his record is 72 and 15. That's terrific. That's a great record. That's probably one of the all-time winning percentages. But you're out in Los Angeles. You got the one of the top quarterbacks in the nation. Is it good enough? Now, he's going to be back as a coach unless he decides to move on to the NFL, if, in fact, there really is a team that wants him. Uh, you know, you hear all these rumors. but And, and these rumors have come up uh, often during the Dan Patrick show when he's had guests on that it could be a package deal. I'm not buying into it, but then again, who am I to say? I don't know. I don't know if the Chicago Bears uh, would make a change and, you know, draft the quarterback uh, and then uh, bring in, the you know, his coach. I don't know how close they are, but the point is the record notwithstanding, the fact is that year in and year out, they're, they're considered a team to – to be a, a contender for the college football playoff. And for whatever reasons, because of their defense, they stumble. They score points. But like the Utah game this week, they, they had the lead with a minute to go and blew it. Well, he, okay, so the upside to Riley is he is 72-15. and 15. The downside is he's 1-4 in bowls. He's 0-3 in the CFP. So there's a lot to weigh there. He's had three Heisman quarterbacks. You can win in college football with Heisman quarterbacks. He's always had soft football teams that can't play defense. He's not an NFL head coach. He's just not. But you could hire somebody to be a defensive coordinator, can't you? I, well, obviously, he hasn't figured it out yet. I could do that. Maybe oh, yeah. I should be an NFL coach. All right. We're going to talk a little baseball. We're going to try to catch up with Luis Gonzalez next. Let's see if we can do so. Lee's pretty fast when he wants to be and motivated. It's the opening kickoff. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brawner. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Indeed, here we are, hour number three. It's 8.05. Thanks for hanging with us on this really busy Tuesday edition. It's the opening kickoff 
right here on the sports station WNSP. We get a game seven tonight in Philadelphia with the Arizona D-backs and the Phillies. Series tied at three after the D-backs won yesterday, five to one. And on the line with us right now is the assistant to the president of the Arizona D-backs, Mr. Luis Gonzalez. Good morning, Louis. How you doing? Good morning, guys. Pretty exciting night last night to win that game six and uh i think everybody's anxious for tonight you did a great job in shutting down that philadelphia crowd that's for sure <laughs> they're, they're a noisy bunch but i gotta ask you so much i want to get into on this number one you, you, we talked yesterday and you said you were planning a trip to uh, mobile to see the jags play yeah. football this saturday but if arizona wins tonight are you going to take a detour to texas Yep, I'll be heading to Texas. <laughs> we'll be uh, tomorrow. We're scheduled to to fly out, whether it's to Arlington, Texas, or back to Phoenix. And then, if it's back to Phoenix, then I'll be heading on Thursday over to Mobile. So, either way, it's a win-win for me. I'd I'd love to hold the Mobile trip for another week or so to see my old roommates and go check out the Jags play. But uh, you know, it's. It, we put ourselves in a great situation here. Nobody expected us to be here. We're kind of the underdogs all the way through the playoffs, the way we got in. And to be where we're at right now, it's just been an incredible journey for this ball club and our organization. Absolutely. You won 84 games. You didn't clinch a playoff spot to the next to last day of the season. Underdogs to Milwaukee in a wild card. Underdogs to the Dodgers. And then losing the first two games. How do you explain? You just say it's baseball. How do you explain something like this? It, it, I, I can't, Lee. To be honest with you, I think it's just uh, we've been fortunate. We've taken advantage of miscues on the other side. Uh, if you look, our our lineup has just kind of been a, a different guy comes up big for us every game. Marte's been hot this whole series, but uh, Christian Walker, our number four hitter, is deeply in a slump right now uh, we're hoping he comes out tonight our our uh, unanimous rookie of the year it's going to be corbin carroll he's doing okay in this series but he hasn't really stolen any bases or done anything that really put him on the map but uh, we continue to find a way to win games and our pitching has been really good and tonight we're counting on a young pitcher that uh, his last three or four starts we keep saying this is the biggest start of his career then the next game it's the biggest start of his career well, actually, tonight is going to be one of the biggest starts of his career to try to get us to uh, our second time ever to get into a World Series. So I wanted to ask you, because the announcers, and I've paid a lot of attention to the uh, the TV broadcast, they make it sound like your manager is not the most popular guy with some of the players, like Tommy Fram was benched, and they said he had a chip on his shoulder and he wasn't happy about being out in Game 5, so he hits a home run yesterday. Lavello pulled... Tonight's pitcher, uh, Fant, is that how you say his last name? Fant, Fant. I'm sorry. And they pulled him after, what, 70-plus pitches. He had, it was like a two-hitter going, and he obviously yeah. wasn't happy to be pulled. And then I understand that Kelly yesterday was pulled, and according to the announcers, he was pretty upset about it. I don't know. Is this, is this Lavella's way of getting these guys to perform? Well, our our team relies a lot on analytics. I don't always agree with with uh, the analytics part of it, I kept thinking when they pulled Fott the last time that it was uh, the Snell situation when he pitched for Tampa and it was against the Dodgers and the Dodgers were getting wiped out and they took 
Snell out of the game, and it ended up costing uh, the Tampa Bay Rays a chance to win the World Series because uh, they turned it around, the Dodgers did, and ended up winning the whole thing. So, and then Kelly was pulled after five innings. I thought he was pitching pretty well, but what do I know? I mean, he, I did too. he only allowed one run to the Phillies, which in Philadelphia is really saying some. Plus, he struck out eight. And then in that last inning, didn't he strike out Harper and Schwarber or in the last inning that he pitched? Yeah. So, what is the deal? You're only allowed to go five innings with Arizona these days? Is that... <laughs> No, I think it's a lot with the analytics. They look at the third time around facing a guy in the batting order. They they feel like uh, the hitter gets another opportunity to, you know, he's seen him twice. So, I don't know. Like I said, I don't always agree with everything, but for right now it's been working for us. And he's been going with that recipe, and it's been uh, coming up big for us. The only thing I hope for, it's not one of those games that you had two days or three days ago where I think there were like 16 pitchers. In a nine inning oh, game? Oh yeah, no, that was the bullpen day. Yeah, it was that was hard to watch, but it because <laughs> you know when you use that many guys, somebody's not going to come in right. You know. Well, not you, only you're trying to you're counting on too many guys to come in there and, and be right on target, and you know somebody's not going to come in there right. And not only that, but I mean, if if a guy's hot. Well, here's the other thing, too, and I mentioned this to you yesterday. If I, I actually could see something like this because you have a rest. You have a – let's see, you got uh, – the World Series doesn't start till Friday. So if you keep going to the bullpen, which I have a feeling that could be the case tonight, just use everybody. What happens if you go extra innings? Well, I think it's all hands on deck tonight. Your starters are going to be uh, – they should be eligible. Zach Gallon, whoever we need, I'm sure, is going to – Either go to the manager or the manager's going to go to them and say, "We, if we need you tonight, are you good to go? And, uh, you know, that proved to be big for us when, when I was playing with Randy Johnson. Randy pitched in game uh, six, and he told the manager when, when he was taking him out of the game, I'm taking you out. Uh, are you going to be good for game seven? And it was an, it was, yeah, I don't even think he was waiting for an answer. He knew what the answer was going to be. It was going to be an absolutely yes. And uh, then Randy ended up coming in game seven. I think that's the same case for not just us, but the Phillies, too. All their guys are going to be, you know, ready to go to try to get to that that goal that everybody at the start of spring training is trying to achieve is trying to get to a World Series and have an opportunity to win it all. Hey, Louie, what do you think about this? Uh, here we are, what, 22 years after your game-winning hit, and there's been constant reference to that. Uh, the announcers have... Certainly uh, jumped on that, uh, reminding people in 01 what happened, and your name has been, and not only that, but they, you know, on, you've been on camera several times uh, yeah. sitting up there and people getting reminded of what you did. How do you feel about all this coming back after, what, 22, 23 years? <laughs> well, it's, it's always nice to be part of baseball history, and, uh, you know, I'm always humbled by that opportunity I got to play in the major leagues for a long time I, I never took things for granted and um, South was was one of my stepping stones to get to the major leagues and never forget where I came from that's always been my my thing and and uh, I just had a great opportunity to play in some great organizations play for some some great managers and some good cities and it, it was a, a great journey for me no matter what happens it's a wild card world series baseball <laughs> has really changed uh, those what the five best records in baseball they're long gone 
I, and again, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, dwell on it, but, uh, you know, how do you figure? But like I said, it's baseball. You, you never know who's going to get hot in this postseason. And that the one you mentioned, Marte, I think he's hit, what now, 15 straight postseason games? Yeah, he's been incredible. I had a conversation with him. I know it came out the other day in the paper. Uh, you know, he was disappointed when he didn't make the all-star team. And, he, you know, he speaks very little English. But uh, I went into the locker room and sat him down and said, hey, the, don't lose track of the big picture. And the big picture is your team. I know you're disappointed you didn't make the all-star game, but you have an opportunity now to do something pretty special. If we can get in the playoffs, you can really make your mark as a marquee player. And he hasn't disappointed. He's gone out there and uh, done extremely well for us. If you win tonight, which literally surprised a lot of people being it's at Philadelphia, do you have champagne on ice just in case? I think I think both sides. They'll be rolling it from one side to the other to see <laughs> whoever whoever takes the big prize tonight to get to the World Series. Yeah, we have a big contingency of people here uh, that are here. Our whole front office is here. Our analytics guys, everybody's here. And last night was pretty rowdy in our hotel as far as not the players because the players are still uh, in for business, but our our family and friends and front office and everybody that's here was pretty excited after last night, knowing that uh, we've come into a hostile environment. And I think this is the first time ever that the Phillies have to play in a Game 7 in their history, I think. I don't think they've ever had to play in a Game 7 of any type of postseason. So the pressure's all on them, and for us, it's icing on the cake. I don't think, any, like we said earlier, nobody expected us to be here. And for us to come into to Philadelphia, uh, they had already blocked off Broad Street. They were starting to grease up the poles there so the fans can't jump up on the light poles and things like that. And uh, hopefully tonight it'll be all for nothing for them to get all that done. And for us, hopefully uh, we'll be flying out tomorrow over to Arlington. You couldn't have kept the analytic people home? Couldn't have taken away their <laughs> I ripped tried. up their I plane it was ticket. A later flight. Okay. Hey, it's great catching up to you. Uh, I we'd love to see you in Mobile, but I hope you get to Texas on Friday. Okay. I appreciate it. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you. You Go D-backs. Bye bye now. That's Louis Gonzalez. We've got weather coming up. We've got traffic report and a scoreboard. A lot to look forward to. It's it's amazing what a little baseball talk will do for Lee's mood. He's got this big grin on his face. He's excited. But here's what really excited me. When you said you have to watch the game tonight. <laughs> talk about an upset. Yeah. Oh, I don't have to watch it. I just have to wait for it to be over, which is basically the same thing. Oh, and Richie Riley at 830. How about that? Stay with us. Plenty left. It's the opening kickoff. Hey, everybody, this is Gabe Gross, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right, it's 823, boys and girls. Here's your shot at your fried deliciousness. I love when you say that. Say it one more time. That fried. Uh, no, I'm not your monkey. I'm not the clown. I was about to say, what is he, a dancing circus monkey for? No. Hey, he has. Just he wears no. many. He wears many hats. Yeah, you I know do. that. I do. He's really good at that. All right, deliciousness. I have a trouble saying that word. All right. That's why you wanted to say exactly. it. Exactly. You can't. I know. 
You can't thank, make me do it. Thank you, the honorable one. You can't make me do it. All right. The question, uh, when we talked to Louie, Ketel Marte is uh, doing quite a job for Arizona. He has now hit safely in his first 15 postseason games, and it does go back to 2017. He has tied the major league record for most consecutive games with a hit to start your postseason. Who was the other player that held the record until Marte uh, tied the record last night? Uh, this goes back a few years, and if you can name that player who is now tied with Marte, uh, 694-1055, and you get a gift card. Mark, I do want to mention about the Rotary Club of Mobile participating with other Rotarians in the Southeast during World Polio Day, which is today referred to as Purple Pinky Day. Purple sure. Pinky Day. Because during National Immunization Days, millions of kids have their pinkies marked with purple ink, signifying that they have been given two drops of vaccine. So I just wanted to mention that. And the uh, Purple Pinky Donut, a glazed donut stick with a dab of purple icing, was created because of this. Okay. There I you go. I want a Purple Pinky Donut. A Purple Pinky Donut. Did we get a winner already? No. Then what do you... Oh, nobody's calling you? No. Oh, what, good. What do you mean, what am I? What? What am I what? What are you doing in there? Yeah, really. I, I, I'm, I'm never monitoring the phone, phone line. Ma, the meatloaf. What is she doing? I never know I what she's maybe, doing. I thought maybe you wanted the gift card yourself so you're not answering the phone. Well, I, you know, maybe that's happened before, but no, no one's called. All right, here's a hint. It's a former Atlanta Brave. Hey, you don't want to call? Don't. Ooh, getting testy yeah, over the fried want, deliciousness. You don't want, you don't the want gift to call? No problem. That's that, right. We, we can there's give certain, it away here. There's, there's a certain there's producer who would love to have yeah, the gift card. And, and I'm sure Mark would also. Well, let's not get crazy here. I'm, I'm not. I, I got to watch my girlish figure. Uh, so somebody in the app a while ago was uh, wanting to take, wanting to know if each if, of your teams you had to name the uh, tush push for your team. What would it be? Um, so, like, if what, whatever what your you favorite team is, if you wanted to Saints, let's say Saints. Okay, what would it? Uh, I don't know. They're the only team I really root for. Yeah, now. you brought this up to me at the break, and I, I, I don't know. So, like, he was saying the Bama, Bama would call it the tidal wave, or Georgia would call it the dog what pound. What the Patriots would, what do they call it if they I, ever got I to the one? I don't know. A successful yard gain. Yeah. For an offense first that down. do that a lot. Uh, <laughs> Because that's what they – remember, they, they had the first – they got from the one-yard line. They scored the win. Of course, they passed the ball. They didn't run it. They did. They had to pass well, – well, here's the thing, Lee. We didn't have a timeout, so, like, I think if we did, we probably would have ran it and but if you ran, But if you ran the tush-push from the one-yard line, you could have scored. Maybe. Do you all think that should be outlawed? There's now talk that they're going to they're gonna make it illegal I'll, again. I'll tell you what. I think I'm in on the tush-push getting outlawed. I, I'm mostly – because I'm sick of hearing about it every week. It's like, oh, well, one, it is like, and the Eagles do just do it better than everyone else. And if everyone could do it, they would do it. And it is a competitive advantage because Hertz can squat 600 pounds or whatever the number is. Like, it, it is like their personnel does make them better at it than everyone else. But I'm really just sick of hearing about well, it. They're going to trademark it. I'm just, just outlawed. Well, what's crazy about this is it's not new, right? We we used to call it the Bush Push, right? When 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 Reggie got in, in college, and so I I don't know why we talk about college football and how it goes in cycles. I guess it's time to bring it back around and re, and reinvent it. But 
Uh, people had an issue with it when Reggie Bush got pushed into the end zone. Um, I don't know why we're more patient with it now or accepting of it now. I don't. I, I don't have as much. I don't know because well, we got me, to the point where offensive linemen are now pulling running backs or pushing running yeah. backs uh, along with the them. Only, the only thing I like about it is that the quarterback takes the snap under center and it just leans forward. Now Brady was doing it, but it wasn't the tush push thing. Brady, Brady was great at it. He was great at it. He scored a lot of touchdowns on the you know whatever third and one, fourth and one, and it, oh, it more times than not succeeded. I just don't like when teams line up on fourth and one, third and one, and they're taking a uh, shotgun snap. There's five, six yards behind the line of scrimmage, and normally they don't get to the line of scrimmage. Lee, I'm with you. Tennessee did it twice. I've been saying that for years. When when are teams going to quit lining up in the shotgun on third and it's fourth crazy. and short? I'm so sick of it. You guys are so much alike. It's so cute. Well, it's the same state. Must be something in the water up there in New Jersey. It's, at least it's pure. Oh, I didn't say that. I did. Richie Riley's next. He's got a big event tonight, and you're invited. We'll tell you all about it next. Man, hearing this on a Tuesday, now I'm all messed up. Uh, welcome back in the opening kickoff. Little Hoosiers uh, for you as we are efforting our Richie Riley. Uh, Want to let you know they got a uh, event coming up tonight at the uh, Mitchell Center uh, for South Alabama hoops. Madness at the Mitch starts at 6:30 tonight. Free entry. It's going to be a skills competition. Uh, promotional games, and there's a chance. I'm trying to get details. There's a chance to win. One lucky fan has a chance to win 50k. I don't know if you got to hit one from the rafters or mid court mid court shot. I don't know. It seems like I, I think you need to probably need to do a little bit more than that. To, you know, to you and I 000. discussed this off the air. Did you ever go to a midnight madness at any time in your life, whether it's at Alabama or down here in Mobile? Yeah, I mean, just this weekend I did the Spring Hill. That's right. How did it, how did that go? Uh, good. I, I've been a judge at the Spring Hill College basketball event, uh, I guess, the last three years. You um, judge the uh, dunking contest. Yes, yes. Anybody do any kind of Michael Jordan-type dunks um, or uh, jump over cars? Steve Lyles is the man. Uh, now, he didn't win. A freshman won the dunk contest. Brian Harris won the dunk contest. Uh, Lyles missed the uh, final round dunk, but dude can literally jump out of gym. I've seen some crazy stuff. Um, do you know I if they're having a dunk contest tonight? At I, do I do not. I do not. We are we are efforting. Yeah, this is. Fellas, a I think Coach might have run off with the 50k himself. What? Wait a minute, there. That's quite an accusation. Skip town. The Honorable Michael pouring it on now. <laughs> yeah. So if you missed it earlier, we had David Green on, and we decided I've decided that we're going to do a mock trial. I'm going to sue Lee. I'm going to retain the uh, legal uh, services of one David Green, who will then cross-examine Lee. Uh, on the stand, and the Honorable Michael Bronner will be presiding. You ever hear a counter sue? I have. It's going to happen. <laughs> he he must have heard me. It's frivolous. Here he is. Hey, Richie, good morning. How are you today? 
I'm doing great, guys. Good morning. Good. This is a very important day. Tell us, oh, Mark's already mentioned some of the things, but uh, why should we come out tonight uh, for this get-together? Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. It's an opportunity to meet the men's team and women's team. There'll be some great giveaways, um, some good competitions. It'll be be a lot of fun, laid-back environment. Uh, both groups have really good good kids, good people, and, you know, it's we're building a lot of momentum. We talked about that last year. went to the finals for the first time since 2008. we got a great group. Um, new guys, guys coming back. It's um, it's an exciting group, and uh, we need everybody on board. Last year was really special being able to experience that with, with all the mobile coming out. Let's start on the front end this time and, and um, start from the start and see how many how many people we can get in those seats. All right, so it's tonight at the Mitchell Center. Starts at six thirty. Doors open a little bit earlier. That free entry, but. What is this one lucky fan has a chance at $50,000 all about? Because uh, you got my attention here, Coach. Yes, yeah, it's a surprise. You got to get here. Uh-huh. It's, it, it, you got to get here and find out. You can't You can't have a chance at the $50,000 if you don't come. So you got to get here and find out. 50000 is a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Worth, I think it's worth coming to check it out and, and see if you get the opportunity to do it. I mean, are we talking about you got to throw it over your head backwards from half court, or uh, you you, you got to dunk it? Like, is it something? Is it something that Lee and I could do if given the opportunity? Yes, it's, it's doable. Yes. Lee, can you hit a half yeah, court shot? I can't even hit a shot mission, from fifteen it's not feet. Mission, it's not mission impossible. It is for me. I can't even <laughs> hit a free throw. I was never a very good shooter. Uh, never a very good shooter. Could foul a lot, though. I was pretty good at fouling. So, uh, Richie, this is a, a lot of times when they have the students come. Well, let me let me ask you this. Is this very similar to the days of the Midnight Madness? It is. It's, it's very similar. Um, and, it, again, we've talked about this before, but it used to be you started practice on October 15th. And that was a huge deal growing up. I grew up in Kentucky, so that was something you looked at. It was like a national holiday when they had Midnight Madness. You just you had to stay up late and watch it. And nobody really does that anymore. Everybody, not everybody, but quite a few schools have an event kind of like we're having tonight. Um, but it's not at midnight, and it's, you know, it's it's at different times of the year. It used to be everybody's Midnight Madness was – was leading into that October 15th. So it's, it's very similar, but not quite the same. But then you're not scrimmaging, though, right? Or are you? No, we're not going to get up and down. Uh, it'll be more shooting. There'll be some dunking and layup line stuff and, you know, things like that. But we, we won't scrimmage. Uh, and we're doing it in conjunction with our women's team as well. So I'm not sure if they're going to scrimmage or not, but we won't be getting up and down today. All right. Will you get home in time to see any NBA games tonight? It's the opening season. Does that excite you? Yeah, the second game is Phoenix and the Warriors, right? Yes. The first one's the Lakers. I, I would prefer to watch the Lakers, but both games are 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 great TV. I I love the start of the NBA season because there's so much excitement. Guys are healthy. It's um the matchups are unbelievable. Like tonight, the matchups, I mean, it's basically it's four best teams in the West. Maybe you throw Sacramento in there, too. I think they're really good. Um, but the middle of the NBA season drags a little bit, right? Like guys start sitting out. I know they got the new rule, but guys start sitting out. Teams start getting out of contention. 
And then I love the playoffs. So this is this is my, one of my favorite parts of the NBA season. And tonight's games will be will be awesome. You got the ring ceremony in Denver, and the Lakers. It'll be exciting to see what they look like. And then you got the Warriors and the new look Suns. So it's it's going to be a fun night of hoops. You know what though? I'm going to pick up on what you said. It's almost tough to be eliminated early with with these new playoff rules. Where it used to be eight teams. Now I guess what it's ten and. You know, you have these playoffs just to get into the playoffs. But let me ask you this: for a prediction, push comes to shove, who's going to meet? Who's going to meet in the NBA Finals this year? It's hard for me to go against Denver as long as they can stay healthy. I do think there's a lot of teams that could potentially beat them, um, and it's you know the, the the other three teams that are playing tonight probably. But I think Denver was. With what they have going, I think they they play really well together. I think it's always hard to mesh, you know, when you go with Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker. They're all elite players, but it's hard to mesh that together in a short amount of time. Like, we don't see it work out a whole lot. So I'm going Denver, and then then I'm going I'm going Boston. I, I think they're I think you got them, Milwaukee, both good. Can't ever count the Miami Heat, but. I'm, I'm going Boston. That's, it's kind of chalk. I think everybody's probably saying that's pretty Vegas odds would agree with me. But sometimes in the NBA, it's just like that, man. They're professionals for a reason. Chalk usually lines up. He's Richie Riley, the South Alabama basketball coach. He joins us here on WNSP. Richie, I want you to know I've, I've reached out to Nichols, Denver, SIUE, I threw I threw a message out to Lynn. I was curious to see if they wanted to uh, buy any billboard real estate here in Mobile leading up to the uh, Jaguar Classic. Do you have any response to that? <laughs> I think I think the guys across campus had all the response that we needed to that. Um, you know, was, I, I wasn't aware of that. You know, I don't know if I was in those areas, but it's kind of an odd thing. I didn't, it's kind of an odd thing that that you would put those up, but but Kane and the boys they took they took care of that, and um, and I had no issue with you know some people get you know, all tore up. Somebody says something to somebody, I have no issue with that. You know, you go out. I always tell I always tell our guys and and anybody if you if you go if you're gonna say something, you better be able to back it up. And we certainly backed it up. Do you ever go into a games uh, being personal a game? Any time, either the player is a coach, where you thought it was really personal, though. Yeah, I think, I think quite a few times. Um, we're in a competitive sport, so there's a lot of talk, and you know, you you play people before, you know, based on the previous season or based on, you know, it is personal, you know, because it's 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 an intense game, and you know, we're all we're all humans, so we. Everybody's got feelings and they got emotions and you know it, it goes into that. So uh, a lot of them are personal. Yeah, we had a, uh, uh, and, and you got to try to make it like that too. Yeah. You know, you got to try to, you know, it's got you got to have that way about you where you do take it personal and you do create some of these rivalries. Um, and yeah, so certainly, certainly a lot of the games are. So we uh, we had Kane on. We also had Joel Erdman on. We 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 were spitballing some. Uh, ideas put up some billboards up in Hattiesburg when I say we I mean me they they didn't take the bait but I just didn't know if if you wanted me to throw something up in Tuscaloosa later this year or Maryland uh yeah you, if you want me to Maryland. call call up there I don't know what the real estate for for it's billboards expensive. up there it's expensive it's, oh, very well I'm gonna expensive. win 50k tonight so it really doesn't you matter may, that may uh, chew that up yeah 
Uh, I didn't know if you wanted I me to get a message to the boys. Do, I certainly do not. No, I, I'm not. I'm not that guy. No, I'm not that guy. I stay. I stay very low key. You know, we just we just prepare and we go play. A lot of people love to talk. And, you know, we just—I I don't do it. So I don't want to give anybody any ammo. I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm an old school guy like that. Um, so something like uh, they talk and talk and they create all these narratives and all of that. I'm, I'm not doing that. So we, welcome we just to focus on yourself and go play. Welcome to College Park, where basketball is optional. Hashtag burn the boats. <laughs> I definitely don't want to go to College Park. You put something like that up. It's a tough enough place to play already. I don't want to add any fuel to the fire. You know, Richie, you'd be remiss. <laughs> this is a big week, uh, weekend and week for South Alabama sports. The soccer team clinched the Sunbelt title regular season. You have this big event going on tonight, uh, the Hall of Fame induction coming up Saturday, including Joey Jones, who's going to join us tomorrow, and also uh, the game against Louisiana Lafayette. So, although I'm not supposed to say Lafayette anymore, they've changed. It's Louisiana or the Raging. Trash talker. Yeah. Making it personal. This is uh, quite a week for South Alabama sports. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Coach Moody, the job he does with our soccer team, and those and those ladies, they're, they're really good. I'm talking about really, and it's every year. It's not just it's every year. And uh, I think sometimes, you know, they're not in the limelight as much as probably they deserve to be. You know, because you know, it, it should be. I mean, they're incredible, and the job that he's done and continues to do. I mean, it's 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 really a joy to watch. Um, so I, I'm really proud of them. What a special group. And then in Coach Jones, I've, I've got to know him a little bit. Um, he's He started this this program, man, our, our football program. And, and, and what a great job. It's hard to get something up and running. You know, it's really hard. And he did a great job. And so many great players um, that were here. I know Kane, Kane worked with him. Um, and and I'm, I'm happy to see to see that. And, and then football, it's a big one, man. That we're playing as good as we're playing as good as anybody in the country right now. Um, playing at a high level. We haven't punted in two weeks. I mean, come on. Like we haven't punted a ball in two weeks. How often does that happen? I, I love how we're playing. Kind of a rivalry deal. You know, I think it's a huge game, um, as far as standings go. And I, I said this though, and I meant it after the Monroe game, I felt like our football team would be playing at a high, high level down the stretch. You just kind of see it coming. So I don't think anything changes this weekend. I think we continue to continue to roll, continue to score a bunch of points, defense, stingy. Um, and I think we win that and then get ready for a huge stretch. Tonight's event, do you have anything for Mark to do? Can he pass out pizzas or just uh, be an usher, take people to their seats, anything, you know, keep them busy? I think really just him being there, I think that raises the – the people that will show up just to see him and maybe get an autograph or take a you know selfie with him, a photo with him, so they can post it on their social media. I think just him being there. Or um, preach, coach, it, preach. Enough. I mean, it, it it at least double, triple, it triples the attendance of this thing, man. I mean, we probably I, I wasn't sure that he was coming. Now that you said that, Lee, we probably need to notify our campus police and. And parking people because it's it, it may be a similar scene to the Alabama game last year, so we need to probably upgrade her. I mean, people's gonna be here. Got to plan ahead when Mark's coming out. Preach. By there's the way, no, uh, no 
Robbie in the apps uh, talking about the 50K say that's a hell of a lot of Arby's I'll buy for a year if you can guarantee me a chance, Coach. It sounds like there's a little wheeling and dealing going on. And, <laughs> and dude, you're going to be 120 years old and you will be linked forever to Arby's because you've been on our show. There's no doubt. And I, I'm proud of that. I love Arby's. I ate Arby's like two days ago. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so I, and you're yeah, traveling. I, I, wish I, could, I wish I could lock you in in for it but that's above my pay grade they don't let me they don't let me deal with certain certain minuscule tasks here so i, I they won't let me deal with who's shoot we, who's who's attempting the 50k yeah we need to we need to get you an nil deal with arby's man hey practice for me can you say we have the meats my 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 middle son rock he says it all the time <laughs> he says we have the meats all the time. He's heard that on TV. He's done that for, since he's been like four years old. It's funny to say that. So on your bus trips, do you always stop at an Arby's when you're on your way up to a game or something like that or you know, to feed the team? Is it always Arby's? I, I wish we did. Our guys are very particular. And as the coach, it's more about what they like because they, they got to play the games, right? They, they got to feel their body and play the games, and I don't think they like Arby's. <laughs> So it, the thing about when we pick up, obviously when we get to the hotel, we eat a full meal, like catered meal, and day of the game and night of the game, all stuff. But when you're traveling on these buses, you you end up eating the same thing over and over and over. And it's because, like, college-age dudes are just like that. Like, they can literally eat the same yep. thing over and over and still like it. I think that's something you grow out of with age. Um like we'll have Chick Fil A a thousand. It's quick. They like it. They also eat it every day here too because they, you know, their meal plan lets them get Chick Fil A all the time on campus. And we'll have like that. They like like Zaxby's, just stuff like just basically chicken tenders. And, yeah. You know, they just they could they could eat it every meal. So that's what we end up eating. So I get to the point where I despise those places because I'm so burned out on them. Um, and I was ordering this random thing. Now Chick Fil A has upgrade with with the pimento. Have you guys tried that? Uh, my Chick-fil-A wife has. Yes, yeah, and it was good. Oh, it's elite. It's elite. <laughs> I was so sick. But between my kids eating Chick Fil A all the time and my team eating Chick Fil A all the time, I despise Chick Fil A. But there has been a resurgence of it since they came out with this sandwich. I don't know why it's not picking up steam like that Popeyes chicken sandwich because it is absolutely elite. He's uh, Richie Riley. He's our culinary critique here, critic here on WNSP. Let me before we go. I got to ask you, man. Uh, first of all, is there a better name in all of athletics right now than Connor Stallions with one L? And have you ever seen a story like this blow up with what's going on in Michigan? It's awesome. It's hilarious, isn't it? Yeah, it's the great. The things that we see in 2023 and we're privy to with social media is just it's, it's outrageous. So you can't make that up. Yeah. You got tickets to all 11 teams. <laughs> people showing up, sitting on each side of the field, video. It's just crazy, right? I'm you curious. You never imagined something like that would happen. I don't know what they – I guess they have the evidence. To, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. What What do you do, though? Well, how like, about, how about this? Get fired. Richie, but, how about like, this? What do, you, what do you punish them with? How about this, though? How about when this guy, Connor – goes and tries to get reimbursed for these tickets from the Michigan, wherever he goes, you know, wherever you go to get reimbursed. Like, what do you, what, what do you mean reimburse you for all these tickets? Yeah, that dude just got shut out, Nicole. He, he might he might show up at the Mitch to win your 50K. He's going to need it. He's going to need it. Yeah. He's going to need it. Just, 
outrageous. I'm sure that, and I, I, this may be true. He, he might have acted on his own accord. I mean, I don't, Unlikely. I don't know. Unlikely. You know, there's no way of knowing that. But that's going to be that's going to be a story. <laughs> Certainly that he did all this on his own. Well, you know, and Jim, if he did like. What would make you do that? I yeah. just don't understand why you would feel the need to do that. Well, you know, Jim Harbaugh is not going to uh, say, yeah, I knew about it. They already got him for lying back in the COVID years. Yeah, never a dull yeah, moment. He's about ready to go to the NFL probably. Yeah. Uh, he's probably sick of dealing with all this stuff. All right, Coach, uh, we'll let you go. Uh, get my money ready for me tonight. I like it in 50s and 20s, please, sir. But uh, we will <laughs> – <laughs> Uh, we look forward to it. It's uh, doors open. Uh, event starts at six thirty. Doors open a little bit sooner than that. It's at the Mitch Madness at the Mitch. Um, free entry, skills competition, promotional games, and a chance for one lucky fan to win fifty thousand. We tried to break Richie Riley, but he is too tough. We did not get any information, man. We appreciate it. We'll, we'll see you out there. Yeah, everybody, listen. Please come out and support our guys and support our women's team. Uh, it would it would mean a lot to us, and I'm sure it would mean a lot to them too. Uh, we'll see you out there, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yep, that's Richie Riley. All right, real short segment. We come back, we'll wrap things up, and uh, you guys can uh, get a feel for what's going on during tomorrow's show, which will be our final day in studio. That's right, only two days in studio for Lee and I. Lee and I, Lee and me. The two of us. How about that? As a writer, if I don't know grammatically what to do or say, I just, I just... I just work Don't worry, uh, the judge will correct us. The honorary. The honorary. Well, I write honor. too, Lee. So. He, he'll, uh, he'll correct us. Don't worry. The I'm honorable the Michael Bronner. Yeah. He writes too. You can read all it at WNSP.com. Thank you. Yeah, sure. All right. One final segment. Stay with us. This is Chris Samuels. You're listening to WNSP 105.5. Roll Tide, and God bless. It's got a couple minutes left here on a Tuesday edition. want to thank uh, you guys for joining us. If you missed any of our interviews today, a reminder, uh, you can go to WNSP now, wherever you get your favorite podcast, and listen back to your heart's content. Tomorrow's show will feature Joey Jones. He's with Mississippi State, so there's the Auburn-Mississippi State game to talk about. But also, Joey will be inducted this Saturday into the South Alabama Hall of Fame. He is one of the four new members of the Hall of Fame. I'm so happy for him. We'll talk to uh, Sarah Land football coach Jeff Kelly. Uh, they have a game with Theodore this week, which Michael's going to be broadcasting. So huge game on the docket. Got a reporter from Michigan. She's been on with us before. Angelique is going to oh, join yeah. us. Remember her? That, it's been a while. Yeah, she's going to be on with us at 830 tomorrow. All right. Yeah, so we, you know, Lee and I always talk about we 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 never we we don't know how long we've done this show together, but every once in a while these like memories will pop up on my social media. It's been nine, ten years at least in this stint alone, and we did two stints, and we're still together. You, so, it sounds like a, a Taylor Swift song, yes, and we're still together. Record. That's a record. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you go? We didn't have a chance to talk about it. Maybe we'll get into it tomorrow. Did you see where Marcus Freeman had a little fun with a reporter? Yeah, that was good. I, I listened to that too. It was. He, uh, the Notre Dame coach, uh, turned the tables on a, a reporter who apparently was coaching his son in a mighty might game or some. In a flag game. football game. 
Yeah, and was asking him questions about yeah. why did this go? Why didn't you do this? Yeah, it was uh, it was good. Uh, I like his interviews. I've listened to him on uh, Marcus Freeman. He is. I like him too. I do like. Oh, did, did I did I hear that? Can we hear that again? Was that a was it a positive was that a positive reaction from the honorable Bronner? I like Marcus Freeman. I have people I like. I don't I don't but know you, why why I have this reputation of I don't like anyone. Because you never talk about the people because you like. You, come on, you know, and I was telling Mark today how disappointed. I like. Do you know name three? I like Brock Purdy. I like. He's struggling already trying yeah, to find yeah, sorry. <laughs> anybody else. Anybody oh, else God. you can think of? I like Mac Jones. No. Not really. We'll see. No, not Mac Well, Jones. we'll see. Jury's still out. I'm kind of back in. Bill Belichick. We'll see. Uh, see? You can't do it. I like yeah. Jaden Daniels. Will you like him in two weeks? <laughs> he might make me really sad, but I think he's good. By the way, that's a 645 CBS game, doubleheader, November 4th. By the way, Lee, no one won the Chick-fil-A. So. All right. It's, uh, I'm going to cut it up, and each you get a slice of each. Awesome. <laughs> There's only one QR code. I on know. It. I know. <laughs> See ya. Better luck tomorrow.